When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. WABC New York and 107.1 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. Boy, you're my best friend. Boy. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. For my friends. 77 WABC. John, um, in the past couple of weeks, the president has lied about being at ground zero the day after the September 11th attacks. Falsely claimed he saw the Pittsburgh Bridge collapse. Uh, claimed his grandfather died in the hospital days before his birth. What is going on with the president? Is he just believing things that didn't happen did happen, or is he just randomly making stuff up? The president uh, was deeply touched and honored to be able to spend 9-11 with uh, military members there in Alaska and some families. Uh, and uh, was, uh, was, was honored by their presence and the chance to make an important set of remarks about why we need to continue to remember that day. Um, And he did that. Um, And he spoke about uh, a visit to Ground Zero, which he did participate in, uh, about a week or so after uh, the, the event. Aaron Rodgers says he will rise again. The Jets quarterback posted on Instagram making his first public statement since the season ending injury. I don't know why people are trying to put an obituary under our, our team name. Um, you know, it's uh, I, Aaron is an unbelievable piece to this whole thing, and, and we love him, but uh, I think there's there's 52 other guys in the locker room, plus the 16 practice squad guys that uh, that believe that we can do a hell of a lot of good things here. All these Jet fans that are freaking crying, go cry. Go cry all the hell you want. This is the reality of it. You should be, if you've been around as long as me, you're not surprised. I saw Namath go down in the preseason. I saw Finney go down week one. I've seen Pennington get hurt in the preseason. Sanchez, all of it. I've seen it all. I'm not surprised. After calls to the federal government to expedite work permits for asylum seekers have gone unanswered, the state of New York may have found a loophole to get migrants working now. And this news comes as the number of asylum seekers arriving in the city has surpassed 113,000. 3,200 arrived here just in the last week alone. For a mayor and a governor coping with the spiraling cost of caring for tens of thousands of migrants, the way out is simple. Let them work so they can be self-supporting. And as Hochul and Adams grapple with difficult federal work authorization rules, state lawmakers say New York can and would be able to issue its own permits. We are leaving no stone unturned to find some way to get these people out of the shelters, into legal jobs, and get them part of our economy. Come on out tonight, Thursday night, 7 o'clock, for the Topple the Tent Rally. The entrance to Floyd Bennett Field, where they want to house the illegal aliens right before you hit the Gil Hodges Bridge. Sid Rosenberg, yours truly, Curtis Lee, will be hosting this event. Be there to stop the tents, stop the migrants. I 
the ocean, of course, I'm two blocks away from the ocean, two blocks. So this Phil Collins Genesis classic, Home by the Sea, makes sense, Home by the Sea, because once again tonight, after spending years and years and years making fun of protesters, and I still do, I still believe Uh, For the most part, the overwhelming majority of protesters are losers, even if they're on my side. Even if I agree with what they're protesting, I always say to myself, do you have a job? you have a family? I mean, what are you doing? But uh, the one person that I'd never include in that category is Curtis Sliwa. Curtis is a great American, great New Yorker. He has uh, done a great job for me. I decided uh, against people's wishes, I will tell you. I'm not going to tell you who the names are, but not everybody here was thrilled that I was putting Curtis on every day. But, um, you know, I often say this. I, I don't – I take advice. I think I'm coachable. But much like Trump, I make my own decisions. And I have for years, even when Bernard was here, because I don't know anybody who has better radio instincts than me. And I haven't for years. And I just knew it. I knew Curtis would come on and set this show in the city on fire, and he has. But he's doing it for a good reason. So tonight, for the second time, really the third rally we're going to spend together, but one of those rallies at Thursday night, the Toys R Us parking lot on Flatfish Avenue, that wasn't ours. That was Assemblywoman Jamie Williams. This will be our second rally together, Sliwa Rosenberg. At Floyd Bennett Field, the first was very successful. Hundreds showed up. Lou, you were there that night. Hundreds. Big. In fact, I saw our friend, police officer, and PA Michael Butler when we first got there, and it was big. It was a big rally. So tonight we do it again. And for me to be at three rallies in five weeks and accept the role of MC host, whatever you want to call it, is surreal to me. But again, my home by the sea is three miles away from Floyd Bennett Field. So on a selfish note, I care more about this one than Creed Moore or Staten Island. I mean, I'm in this with these guys, whether it's John Tobacco on Staten Island, Lynn Horton, Queens. I'm with all of them. But this one is really personal to me. And not just me, but my neighbors. You know, the great Felton family, Billy, Jackie, their three great kids, John and Margaret, Paul King, who ran against Gregory Meeks, terrific guy in my neighborhood. 
And I can't, I can't name everybody. Michael Sullivan, my dear friend, Brennan and Carr, he runs Breezy Point. All these people are really upset, and they should be, with the possibility of anywhere between 2,000 and 8,000 able-bodied, horny men at Floyd Bennett Field with no job and nothing to do. And I don't want them to have jobs. I mean, you heard Kathy Hochul again. I, I, I mean, I just don't get how anybody in this city or this state can vote for that witch. I got to tell you, she is every bit as bad as Biden, every bit as bad. And she doesn't shut up with the stupid work authorizations. The mayor, too. They're both idiots. I'm sorry. I have to preface this every time I talk about Eric. I like Eric. He's not a bad guy. He's not. I know him. I think I know him pretty well. He's not a bad guy. But he's gone Hollywood. He's kind of like Stern, you know. And he's lost all sight of reality. And he was one of the people that put us in this awful position. And now he wants your sympathy or the federal government's sympathy. And he's not getting mine. The only way Eric Adams can save any face, any face with me, is if he comes on this show, which I have not asked him to do in months, and nor will I. I haven't texted him or Fabian Levy or any of these people. But if Adams decides one morning that he really wants to win at some point again, somewhere, even though Curtis Sliwa is my candidate, and when Curtis officially announces he's running for mayor, I'm going to hit the streets and help this guy win. But I won't turn my back on Adams. I'm not, I'm not a disloyal guy. And if he thinks he can win without me and my people, he's nuts. He needs to come on this show and tell me and my audience what the plan is. I don't want to hear about the federal government. I want to hear him blame Joe Biden. Say those two words. Say, I used to be the Biden of Brooklyn. Now he's ruined us. Say that. You want to save some face? Say that. Don't tell me Kathy Hochul is my friend and doing a great job. Kathy Hochul is killing us. Say that. Say that. You start saying some of these things, and you're going to see a lot of independents and moderate Republicans like myself. Don't forget, folks, I am pro-choice. I'm pro-gay marriage. I'm very liberal when it comes to social issues. I'm not a, a psycho. I'm not Chip Roy. I'm not Matt Gates. I'm not Marjorie Taylor Greene. God bless all of them. So I can appreciate some of the things that Adam says and does. But until he starts doing some of these things, as far as I'm concerned, he's the enemy like Biden and Hochul. He's no different. I don't care that he's black. I don't care that he's got dyslexia. I don't care about any of it. Do it. Show up at a rally one time. Oh, they're going to boo you. 100% they're going to boo you. So what? F them. You're the mayor. You need to have a big set of balls. You want to boo me? Fine. But I'm here to help you folks out. I'm here to represent you. I hate Curtis Sliwa. I hate his guts. But I am putting the people of this city, the people in, in Rockaway, the people in Queens, the people in Staten Island, I am putting all of you first. So you can boo me all you want, but guess what? I'm here. But to stay away like a pussy and continue to blame everybody else, That is not a leader. That is not a leader. To go to Israel, go to the Hamptons, some fancy restaurant in New York City, that is not a leader. Curtis Sliwa, say what you want, is a leader.
Now, look, I'm not getting involved in this civil disobedience tonight. I mean, I, I, do, the, I do draw the line of getting arrested. I've been arrested twice, which I'm not proud of. Curtis is looking at a possibility or a probability of number 81 tonight. 81 arrests to all Owens. That ain't going to happen with me. But Curtis is out there night in and night out, and it continues tonight at 7. Lou, you coming back this time? or? Yeah, because uh, who doesn't want to get arrested? Right. Have you ever been arrested? Yes. What did you do? Did you masturbate in the movie theater? They didn't catch me for that one. Oh. The, uh, no. no, I was... You know, I said to Lou this morning, uh, no, yeah. you'll appreciate this. Okay, well, that was a good story. Yeah, good story. Yeah. So I said to Lou... Was... Sorry, he wasn't going anywhere anyway. I said, Lou, um, <laughs> where do you think we'll be in a couple of years? You know? Because I'm hoping, and I say this publicly, and I know John Katzmatidis has to love me for that, I'm hoping that John opens up the pocketbook and gives me what I deserve, which is a lot of money, a lot of money, significantly more than I'm making now. He knows that. And I want to be here the rest of my career because I love John. I love this station. I love what we're doing. But don't confuse the issue. For me, it's all about money. That's it. I'm going to be 57. I'm tired of waiting paycheck to paycheck to pay my bills. And when you become the best in the job, and I am that, you can hit me all you want, call me narcissistic. I don't care. I'm the best by a distance. You deserve to make a lot of money. And I don't. I do okay. At best. So I want to be here. But I said to Lou, I said, where do you think we'll be? And uh, he said, that's a good question. And I said, well, wherever we're going to be, Lou, you need to be with me. And I asked Lou this morning to give me a 10-year promise. 10 years? 10 really? years. I know. 10. That's what I had to do. Now, it's it's funny that I asked him for a 10-year promise because if, if I don't to myself, I could be dead in less than 10 years. Let's be honest. Who the hell am I to think I'm, I'm going to 68 with no problem? But I did ask for a 10-year promise because Lou, every now and then, I feel like I'm going to lose him. Some Fakakta, Drek, you know, Gaiusha town in upstate New York. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, again, the T-shirt reads, more beer, no Jews. <laughs> That's where Lou is heading, you know, Catatonia, some awful place. Thanks for tuning in to WKFZ. KKK. WKKK. Hey, Lou, how's it going over there? But did you give me that 10-year pledge? Did you, did you give it to me? Yet? I said yes. All I right. just said yes to everything you said. I then great. I said to I Lou. Where, I don't know how I'm going to be feeling in 10 years. You're not going to be great, bro. No, but no, I said to no, Lou, kidding. I said, and you have to understand, folks, if you don't know who Lou Rapino is, I, I get angry with this place sometimes because they lump Lou in with everybody else. And it's really disrespectful. It really is. I know we have this this um, kind of team atmosphere here. We're all a team. That is the biggest nonsense. Do you think the Miami Dolphins treated everybody like Dan Marino? Wow. <laughs> no, I'm being serious. Every team, every place has their stars. And Lou Rafino, forget about me, Lou Rafino is a Hall of Famer. This guy spent 30 years running the board for Don Imus, had a huge on-air role. He is legitimately a Hall of Famer, a genius. You can't put him in the same class as the kid Pedro who comes up next. <laughs> I don't think that's his name. Yeah, that's not his name. Diego is his name. Yeah. What's his name? Diego. I'm close enough. 
You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Shut up, God. Don't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh boy. He's going to come in and say that. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Luigi, it's uh, Pedro. Oh. <laughs> Point is that Lou is uh, one of the all-time greats, and and he even said to me this morning with that great resume, I said, you know, Lou, that it's possible, possible that you're doing the best work of your career, and I know it sounds crazy because you're the is right now. And without any hesitation, Lou said, I think you're right. I agreed. You did agree. Uh, of course. Were you just patronizing me? Or? No, I'm not patronizing you. No? This is, a, this is the most fun I think I've had. Right. Isn't, if, if, that's, if you can believe it. No, I do believe it because the show's great. And we, we talk about things you enjoy, music and all these things. And you don't have to deal with uh, a, 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 a tyrannical person like I miss. <laughs> Good word. Yeah. No. I mean, I have my moments, don't get me wrong, but. Oh, you are. That's not, not even, even close. close. No. no. It's not even close. Yeah. There were days before the show started. Oh, I know. I was ready to go back oh. in the car. Listen, I, the, the <laughs> worst night for me in the 18 years, I wasn't there every day like you. But in the 18 years that I was on and off with Don, God rest his soul. And I mean that because the more he's, the longer he's gone, the more I miss him. Sunday nights for me were a nightmare. I had an anxiety attack every Sunday night for 14 years. And you were not the only one, but you experienced it. After yeah. That Bernard and I would confide in each other like, when do you start feeling it? And it's when I wake up Sunday. Four o'clock Sunday afternoon, Danielle was like, are you okay? I go, please don't ask. I'm not. No. What's the matter? <laughs> I got to see Don tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, you started yeah. feeling the impending of course. Uh, anxiety. Right. So when yeah. I hear that David Jurist is upset with me, and I love David, but F you, Dave, or Rob Bartlett's upset with me, or all these people are upset with me because they don't think I treated Don good enough when he died. Shut up. Please shut up. <laughs> David Jurist. You didn't work for him, okay? I love David. David's a sweet guy, great guy. He but, is. but I But I know he, he's mad at me. He's mad at me for years because I don't think he liked the way we handled Don's death. Are you kidding me? <laughs> pal, I think you were a little bit too hard, pal. Yeah. Pal, you know, you know he loved you, pal. <laughs> yeah, he you loved know, me. Lo- you loved you. You yeah. know he was That's good what he to would you. say. You You're know, right. You know, pal, he was good to you. Where would you be? Yeah, he was good to right me. Now? Yeah. You know, you got to make it. Nice. He, 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 I... I, I I remember I was making about $80,000. I hate to give out real numbers. But I'm going to do it. It was an embarrassing figure to do sports in the morning. 80000 That is a joke. I got buddies who bet more last night on, you know, tomorrow, tonight on the Eagles and Vikings. And I, and I called them. I go, Don, 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 baby, you can't pay me this. This is ridiculous. I mean, I'm making the same as Warner Wolf. Warner's 100 years old. Do you know the aggravation and the amount of phone calls I had with Don to beg him to go from 80 to 100, and 100's a joke. Nobody knows what really happened. Only Bernie knows. Only Lou knows. David Juris doesn't know. Joel Hollander doesn't know. Leslie Slender, all these, I pray to the author of Imus, they have no idea what they're up there talking about. They have no idea. And I go back to the Imus days from FAN, not WABC. It was brutal. 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 But anyway, uh, because of him, I'm great. Because he taught me everything I know. <laughs> At least I can admit that. Right? Yeah. He was a great mean stepfather. It was great. Hey, you know what I? You know, you and I talked about this just the other day. That when you listen to some of these other shows, I'm not going to say who it is, but I heard somebody the other day. I was here late. <laughs> it's come. We, we might get the name though. Stay, stand by. And the show started with 
Um, <laughs> hey, I felt bad for this guy in Turkey. I said, what? <laughs> That's how you start a radio show? I said, Lou, say what you want, but the I-Man taught us a lot. He did. He taught us a lot. He he paid attention to every detail. He really did. And uh, even though I'm a, I'm a stern guy, a Mike and the Mad Dog guy, I, I've been influenced by a lot of folks. I'm too young to talk about Bob Grant. <laughs> Please stop. But, you know, certainly, like I said, Mike and Chris and Stern. But the IMAS influence is huge. And, and in the end, like him or not, and there's a lot of reasons not to like him. I know he raised money for kids with cancer. Fantastic. He was great, and he taught us a lot. See, so. pal, that's why you got to kind of be nicer, pal. You got to, I really, you got to really, really think about it. Think about it, please. Think about it hard, because you got to find it in your heart. You can be nice. I know. I know he was a little mean sometimes, but you know you loved him. You know, uh, come on, pal. Come on. There you go, pal. I All you right. Got it. Big show coming up today. Curtis Sliwa coming up at 7.05. We're going to have that big rally tonight at Floyd Bennett Field, top of the tent. Curtis coming up at 7.05. Judge Andrew Napolitano, he'll be here at 7.40. This guy ran for governor, almost beat Phil Murphy in the state of New Jersey because of me. He admits it. He's going to run again. Jack Ginarelli coming up at 8.40. The highlight of the week, the great Bill O'Reilly. And 9.10, Joey Borgen on the end of the Jew hatred rally, which took place Two days ago, an anti-Semitism here in New York. The number is always 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Phil Collins, Genesis, Home by the Sea. WABC minicast. The facts you need in only 10 New York minutes. Make your life better with 77 WABC. Start your morning at 5 a.m. with the 77 WABC News Hour. Then at 6, it's Sid and Friends in the Morning. Listen to me weekdays, 6 to 10, every morning for your politics, local and national, your sports, entertainment. I'm famous. 77 WABC, making life better for 102 years. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Entertaining and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC.
once I hope that looks known to see. I ain't got time for true confessions. Gotta make the move right now. Got to meet that girl somehow. Get her right the So Curtis is gonna join me at 7.05. I I invited uh, Joanne Ariola yesterday to the rally coming up at Floyd Bennett Field tonight. She is our councilwoman there in Rockaway Beach. And uh, I wanted to come. That's some good Billy Joel right there. I wanted to come. Uh, I think I invited Jen um, Rajkumar also. I would like her to come too. But uh, this is a Sliwa Rosenberg rally, which means no disrespect to the politicians who did have an opportunity to speak at the rally that Jamie Williams put together in Brooklyn a couple of weeks ago. I don't believe the politicians will be speaking tonight. Now, they should still come. They should be there and support the hundreds of people that will show up. That I can guarantee you. How do I know? I've done it twice, twice in Brooklyn. And now that it's crunch time and it's becoming a reality, these people coming, God bless them, Now it's time to really do something about it. So we want all the politicians to come, Joanne and Jen. Not really Stacey. Stacey, don't come. Do us a favor. You stole the election from Tom Sullivan. You're a liar and a cheat. And I don't want you there. So I don't want Stacey Amato there. But uh, the rest of you folks, Democrat, Republican, we don't care. You should be there. And once again, it comes your way at 7 o'clock tonight. Not a great day for President Joe Biden yesterday. <laughs> yes. Ah, boy. I'm going to play a couple of things for you. First of all, I really love this guy. I never heard of him before. He is a, a reporter, and his name is Jeff Mordock. We put this in the open. Justin did. He works for the Washington Times. And for some reason... That moron, Corinne Jean-Pierre, was not working yesterday. So John Kirby, unless it was a John Kirby press conference. They, like, go back. and It's very confusing. Nobody really understands no. who, like, the spokesperson actually is for the White House. But it's like the both of them. He's technically the Pentagon spokesperson. Thank you. Very good job, Justin. Excellent wow. job. Wow. You know. So the Pentagon spokesperson, Justin is correct, was uh, doing Corinne Jean-Pierre's job yesterday. And this Washington Times reported Jeff Mordock pulled his own Peter Ducey and asked Kirby a very good question about President Biden. And if you missed it, sounded like this, Lewis, cut number nine. John, um, in the past couple of weeks, the president has lied about being at ground zero the day after the September 11th attacks, falsely claimed he saw the Pittsburgh Bridge collapse, uh, claimed his grandfather died in the hospital days before his birth. What is going on with the president? Is he just believing things that didn't happen did happen, or is he just randomly making stuff up? The president uh, was deeply touched and honored to be able to spend 9-11 with the military. That's the question. Answer the question, and some families, uh, and uh, was, uh, was, was honored by their presence and the chance to make an, an important set of remarks about why we need to continue to remember that day. Um, and he did that. Um, and he spoke about uh, a visit to Ground Zero, which he did participate in, uh, about a week or so after uh, the the event. About a week or so after the event. So right there, right there, John Kirby confirmed Joe Biden lied. Now, again, the gloss over, well, it was like a week or so. A week or so could be a month. 
I'm sure they say, well, you didn't go to East Palestine right away. It was like, you know, a month later. No, no, it was like uh, a year later, <laughs> a week or so. And I lived here, and I was at that site and on the West Side Highway cheering on our brave and courageous firefighters and cops and first responders in their rescue and recovery efforts. And 10 days later was not like the very next day. This wasn't. So John Kirby admitted right there, admitted that the president lied. Now, you don't care because you hate Trump and, you know, Biden lies, but nothing big. So Mike Rappaport, you're going to tell me, Mr. Hollywood actor, and I lie, Mike's a friend of mine for years. But I'm getting to the point where I can't talk to these people. Mike uh, splits his time between Hollywood and New York, but he tells everybody, I'm a New Yorker. And he is. He lives on the Upper East Side. I've seen him at Starbucks a bunch. And like I said, Mike and I have been friendly. But when Rudy Giuliani gets arrested over nonsense, over a lie, and Mike Leapley sends me a mugshot, but he's okay as a New Yorker with the president lying about being here if the nearly 3,000 of our people were murdered, 3,000, that's okay, Mike. That's okay, right? But the phone call that Trump had to Georgia, oh, that was so awful. You son of a bitch. You should be ashamed of yourself, all of you people. He's a liar. So now the GOP, led by Kevin McCarthy, is moving forward with this impeachment inquiry. So yesterday, a bunch of times, a bunch of different people came at Joe Biden, who will speak today on the economy. Anybody have any confidence when Joe Biden speaks about the economy? No, thank you. I'll talk to Monica Crowley. They asked him a bunch of times about this impeachment inquiry. Here was one of them. This is a cut number 20, Lewis. Wait for Biden's response. Keep waiting. The mess. What the hell it is, they doing? It's a mess. He never answered. He never answered. So guess who decided yesterday he's going to retire? A man that I actually went to the water park in Boca Raton, the water park in Boca Raton by my house west of Yamato Road to vote for years ago when he ran for president against Barack Obama and lost Mitt Romney. And I've grown to really dislike Mitt Romney. Not because he doesn't like Trump. I, you know, I'm, I'm becoming like Bernard in that sense. I, I used to make fun of Bernard every day, God bless his soul, and I'm becoming more like him in that sense. And I don't like that. I don't like that. I didn't like that about Bernie. I told him that. Stupid. You know, if somebody doesn't like Trump, you know, you may disagree, but don't dislike them because of that. But here I go, kind of doing the same thing. But just Romney is just a backstabbing prick anyway. Above and beyond how he feels about Trump, he's just not a good guy. He's not a Republican. He's he's a phony. He's a phony is what he is. And Mitt Romney announced yesterday he's retiring. And, of course, it was met with thousands and thousands and thousands of people 
crying in the streets. Isn't that right, Noam? Yes, it is. Not one person cared. Noam, not one. Not one. But anyway, here's Mitt Romney. Sounds like a little uh, fable you're telling. <laughs> yeah. It almost does, yeah. yeah. Well, Mitt not Romney one. is a fable. Yeah, not one. He happens to be at this point a fable. Boxing you know, sucks. <laughs> he did win that first debate. It was a mess after that. Here's Mitt Romney yesterday announcing horrible news. He's calling it quits. I've spent my last 25 years in public service of one kind or another. At the end of another term, I'd be in my mid-80s. Frankly, it's time for a new generation of leaders. They're the ones that need to make the decisions that will shape the world they will be living in. It is time for new leaders, especially when it comes to you. Mitt Romney, thanks for the memories. Jerk off. <laughs> you won't get that kind of send-off. Thanks for the memories, jerk off. I don't think there's enough room on the cake to put that, sir. I don't. <laughs> maybe we put another cake together and uh, we'll make something yeah. nice. <laughs> yeah. We've got uh, traffic with Joe Nolan coming up next. Don't forget Curtis Sliwa coming up at 7.05, the top of the tent rally. You're going to hear all about it. Right now it's time for the 77 WABC minicast clip of the day. Everything you need to know know in under 10 new york minutes download and subscribe wherever you get your podcast and get the max out of mini and of course listen anytime on the 77 wabc app i urge i compel you folks to download that great app this morning today's mini cast is from lou rapino's favorite the great dominic carter you want to do this or should i play dominic well to be honest, I am so consumed by all the issues that are plaguing not just this borough. We have problems in every section of every borough in this city. Well, you're right about that, and that's why the police become so important. So to that point, Dominic, here you are talking Thank about... You. The NYPD. If Mayor Adams goes through with a plan to slash police overtime to save money for migrant cost cutting, doesn't make any sense. It's cheaper to pay a police officer overtime than it is to hire another officer. It's cheaper to pay overtime than to hire another officer. Or you're just going to leave the streets uncovered to a degree, and and we see how well that works. The NYPD folks can expect a lot of retirements. In fact, a flood if overtime is cut. This is Sid on Sports. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC. Justin Ellick here with your bottom of the hour sports update sponsored by Pete Morgan of Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you. They are the world's best built boilers week two of the NFL season. Right around the corner here with Thursday Night Football set for tonight in Philadelphia between the Eagles and the Minnesota Vikings. The Eagles, despite missing three key players, I should say, for tonight's matchup, they're currently six-and-a-half-point favorites. Locally this weekend, the Giants are in Arizona to battle the Cardinals on Sunday afternoon. They're currently six-point favorites there. All the Jets are getting a big nine-and-a-half points Sunday afternoon in Dallas against the Cowboys. Hey, man, hammer the Jets, if you will. College football, though, tonight. 
7.30 p.m. Bethune-Cookman at number 22, Miami. You got that to look forward to. Saturday, a few top tens to look forward to and a few notables as well. 12 p.m. noon on Saturday. It's number three, Florida State. 26.5 point favorites at Boston College. 3.30 p.m. in the afternoon. It's South Carolina at number one, Georgia. Georgia, 27.5 point favorites there. 3.30 p.m. locally here. You got Virginia Tech at Rutgers. Rutgers are 6.5 point favorites in that one. 4 p.m. Western Kentucky at 6, Ohio State. Ohio State, 29.5 point favorites What if the Eagles lose tonight? Oh. We're back to the Eagles now. Yeah. Well, I did notice that uh, Kenneth Gainwell, big-time running back. Yeah. James Bradbury, former Giant defensive back, and his starting safety, Reed Blankenship. Yeah, all out. All three are out tonight. I did mention uh, three what? three key notables for the Birds are out. Yeah, uh, but I mentioned the names. I know. No. Yeah. I left yeah. out the names because I figured nobody in New York would really care about the Nobody names. does. Well, they do care because if they're going to bet the Eagles, they need to know. Right. Because unlike baseball, that's regional, where no one does care. Mm. With these other sports, football, you can never give enough information. 100%. And uh, Reed Blankenship, you know, quietly had a very good now game. You're giving away, now you're giving away too much. Very good game Don't talk about these guys. Just say their names and move on. Well, you know, he's just like, flying all around the field. He's everywhere. <laughs> 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 you got college football. That's the look forward to. And in Queens, the Mets, they win. And the Yankees, uh, they get rained out. They got a doubleheader today in Boston. Sports. Sponsored by Pete Morgan of Peerless Boilers. Go to Peerless Boilers today. Uh, go to PeerlessBoilers.com. PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you. They are the world's best built boilers. I guess I'm in Philadelphia already. And I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. It's a rainy afternoon, 1990. The big city. Jeez, it's been 20 years. Candy. B-52s, right? Kate Pearson. Kate Pearson? Yes. She's in the B-52s. So, I, I heard this song last night. Of course, I texted Lou. It's a great song. Candy, candy, candy. Sing it. Come on. So, when I saw it was I was um, born at TV and can't watch baseball at this point. I'll watch the Eagles and Vikings later on tonight. So, we were watching, Danielle and I, a Netflix drama. Which is a great show. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying good. I'm saying great. And the name of it is Painkiller. What it is is how OxyContin started and became all the rave. 
And Matthew Broderick, who looks old, fat, and gray. My wife hates when I do this, but it is what it is. I always comment on people. She's like, do you think you look so good? You're almost going to be six years ago. Yeah, I do. I do. Sorry. I look better than all these people. I look better than he was cute when he was Ferris Bueller. I look better than Matthew Broderick. I'm sorry. She gets furious. <laughs> he looks furious. Like Nebishy old professor. Oh, he I looks horrible. He, I know. <laughs> I know he's married to uh, Sarah Jessica Parker. She's no great shake either. Well, I do love Sex in the City, and she's cute, but she got a bit of a horse face too. Well, so. She's a skeleton and weighs about eighty pounds. Yeah, yeah. So, but he's great because he plays a guy that runs the Purdue Pharmacy Company that is producing these pills. And uh, they got this uh, red-hot blonde who is kind of a cheap version of Margot Robbie. Not exactly Margot, but, you know, close. And uh, she's out there pumping up the pills and flirting with all the doctors and trying to convince these doctors to buy all the oxy and prescribe it to their patients. And she hires this other young blonde chick to do the same. And, you know, the scenes are kind of sexy, if you will. And some of these doctors are like, no, I'm not going to do it. It's heroin. You understand? It's heroin. And they're like, no, no, no. Studies have showed that Oxycontin is safe. And the doctor's like, what study? So, anyway, you start to see they have these uh, stories about certain people who suffer injuries and these types of things, you know. And they start taking these pills, and otherwise good people start becoming maniacs. It is a really good depiction of what's going on in this country. Now, that's even before fentanyl, which now they put in all these drugs, and that kills people. Folks, that kills people in less than five minutes. So that's not what this story is about, but it is about the Oxycontin explosion, how this pharmaceutical company made, it was kind of like Wolf of Wall Street in that respect. Matthew Boderick's character reminded me a lot of, uh, what's his name, uh, Jason, who's the other uh, real-life guy? Belfort. Jordan, Jordan Belfort. Jordan yes. thank you. Leo's character in Wolf of Wall Street, except he wasn't nearly as handsome and no orgies, hmm. <laughs> which was so good in Wolf of Wall Street. That was, that was the best that was part. A, yeah, it was oh, that was movie. the best. And Margot Robbie, oh, my God. She was smoking, and the fat kid, too, was hilarious. What, yeah, what's his name? Back when he was funny. Yeah, yeah. Well, right, now he's an asshole. Yeah. What, what was his name back Oh, uh, in the movie? Yeah, the, the fat kid in real oh, uh, life. Uh, oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. Yeah, he's on Stern all the time. He's well, funny. I know who the actor is. Yeah, what's his name? Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill, thank oh. you. Yeah. But, there, you know, so so the movie is, uh, it's painkiller. It's on Netflix. And you can see how this country, and the FDA approved this thing. It took a while, about nine months. But you can see how this country becomes addicted to all these pills and why we're going down. We're going to hell. You know I mean? Uh, we got a bunch of drug-addled, drug-addicted people from, from teenagers. Look, I went to rehab twice, and I'm not bragging about it. I'm not proud of it, but I really do believe that's what makes me a great radio host. In fact, uh, I tell young kids today, forget about Connecticut School of Broadcasting, just go to jail, go to rehab. Supper life experiences that will make you interesting on the air. And I mean that, I'm kind of joking, but not really. Pain creates creativity. That's correct. Very so good. I'm writing that down. Write that down. Oh, so w- whether it's a teen, I went to rehab the last time, and every person there with me, I was old. I was like 33 years old with a child. It was embarrassing. But they're all kids, and they were all there for Oxy. They chop it up. They snort it. And then, uh, you know, you get the, uh, I lived in Boca for 16 years, 
So all these rich ladies, all they do all day is Valium and, and Xanax. That's all they do. They walk around. They're like they're like zombies, smiling all the time and drinking wine at ten o'clock in the morning and popping pills as if no one knows. They really think they're getting away with it. And I'm like, oh my God, you're a mess. And that's this country. And now we got uh, illegals and who knows what they're bringing here. It's a mess. So if you really want to depress yourself even more than you are now, watch Painkiller on Netflix. (laughs) It's good stuff. Looks like a good cast, too, actually. Yeah, who else besides Broderick? It is a great cast. Well, I see it looks like John Ritter's kid is in it. Yes, John Ritter's kid is in it, yes. Yes. I I recognized him. Yep. uh, That's Matthew Broderick is a good actor. He's He's a very good actor. He was in a great movie. Do you remember this movie about the high school election? And Reese Witherspoon is trying to be class president, and he sabotages her. I don't. Because he just can't stay. He's the teacher. He hates her. Oh, yeah. He just it's not one of those to... Legally Blonde movies. No, no, no. no, 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 no. 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 I don't know. This is also, it's kind of a comedy, yet it's also very dark. Uh, dark. Yeah, there you go. I like dark comedies. This, you'd like it. My actually. favorite dark comedy is the one with uh, Michael Douglas and Kathleen Turner. Oh, the War of the Roses. Yeah, that was such a that was a really dark comedy. That was good. My favorite of his is Falling Down. Oh, that's a great movie. That's great. Oh, it's a great movie. Kidding me? Because I picture myself there in like a couple of years. I mean, that's not my favorite. I like the one with Sharon Stone shows her vagina, or the one where he bangs to me more on the table. Remember that one? Or the yeah, or the one where Sean Penn. Uh, it surprises him with a, a a birthday, but it's it's they. He's terrorized. He's a, he's a millionaire, but Sean Penn is his like out of work brother, and all of a sudden these horrible things start happening to to uh, Michael Douglas. I don't think I've seen that one. Yeah, I forget no. what it's called now. But... I, you know, I remember him when he was with Carl Malden in the streets of San Francisco. Oh my God, that's right. <laughs> yeah, wow. that was, he's been around. That for was a, a horrible TV show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right. terrible. <laughs> yeah. You know, you mentioned Sean Penn. I got to tell you, a lot of people disagree with his politics. Sean Penn, I'm going to say something very bold, is one of the great actors. He is. Not just of our generation, but ever. And I'm not going back to Spicoli, of course, at past times. Well, but I, I am. <laughs> he was great. Uh, but I, I got to tell you, the movie that blew me away, because people go to Mystic River. He won the Academy Award. And when he played the kid with the uh, the issues, you know, the... Uh, yeah. He played as somebody on Death Row, too. Yes. Think, right? He was, was great that, in that. He yeah. was great. But he played... The movie was called State of Grace. Oh, that was, that's a good movie. And yes. he plays a cop who's yeah. best friends with the Westies. Right. Ed Harris leads the Westies. Wow, Gary Oldman was Ed Harris's brother. Yes. That's where he met Robin Wright, and he married her. That's Robin right. Wright Penn. Okay, John Turturro's in it. You got the Italian mob. It is a great. John yeah. C. Riley is in it. That's right. State of Grace is a good movie. It is a great wow. movie, yeah. Wow. So but if you he, like Sean Penn, it's see that. almost as good as uh, Fast Times. <laughs> I did it's, love Fast Times. You talk about a great cast, that's a great cast. Yes. All right, that wraps up what I think was a great hour number one. Good news is three more to go on a Big 7 o'clock hour about to come your way with Judge Andrew Napolitano and the man of the hour, the host of tonight's Topple the Tent Rally in Brooklyn, my guy Curtis Sliwa. 7 a.m. hour, sitting friends in the morning, about to come your way on this Thursday in New York City.
digital dollar could give the feds control of your money. Get the digital dollar report. Call 1-800-862-6970 and also receive a $1,000 credit from Priority Gold to protect your money. Or just go to digitaldollarreport.com. Please note, the information provided does not constitute financial or investment advice. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. song on purpose, Sister Sledge. We are family because tonight at Floyd Bennett Field, starting at 7 o'clock, we are all family. What I mean by that is Republicans, Democrats, Independents, Blacks, Whites, Jews, Guyam, doesn't matter. Tonight, we are all family and you're all invited to further our cause. The cause, of course, started by the man. In my opinion, the Greatest New Yorker ever. Wow, that is a huge statement, but I made it. Gets big ratings. Oh, noon to, oh, I know, oh, I know. It's a lot of pressure. Hold the press. That's a big press. one. I know. Picked up a Mark Messier and Joe Namath, even though Namath hates me. Uh, noon to <laughs> one every weekday afternoon gets big ratings, overnight weekends, and arguably does his best work alongside me every weekday morning at this time. The icon, the legend, Mr. Guardian Angel, and the man who puts all these great uh, rallies and protests together, including tonight, Curtis Sliwa. Curtis, uh, good morning. I had a couple conversations about you yesterday with a couple of my friends, Keith Kantrowitz and Anthony Carone and a bunch of people. You know, you'd be surprised, leaving the mayor out of this, you'd be surprised how many people on both sides of the aisle actually appreciate what you've been doing all over town the last couple of months. Maybe you wouldn't be surprised, but the fact is you've got more support than you even know. Well, thank you. And, in fact, tonight when you show up, and everybody better show up right before you hit the Gil Hodges Bridge, there's the entrance to National Gateway Park, better known as Floyd Bennett Field. We had that magnificent rally the last time, the MC, Sid Rosenberg, Dave Parker, and the cleanup hitter, yours truly, Curtis Lee, with Willie Stargell, right? Because that was their theme song. We are family. Yes. And they brought it all together, and they brought the city of Pittsburgh together. And I'm telling you, we are going to bring Queens and Brooklyn together on this issue. And we're only letting one politician speak because she has walked the gangplank. The Democratic Assemblywoman, Jamie Williams, she is getting battered from her She's own getting party. Married. I know. Not, but, but we do want to encourage... Joanne Ariola, yes. uh, Jennifer Ramkuja, all these other politicians, Republicans, Democrats, we don't care. We would love for them to be there. The only politician that uh, I'm going to tell Mike Butler and the police to not allow in, I'm actually going to do this myself, is Stacey Amato. Yes. 
because she's a liar and a cheat, and she stole that election from a man that served in Afghanistan, Iraq, Kuwait, dragged people, surviving people out of the World Trade Center. That's Tom Sullivan. I don't want to hear her, oh, I love you people while you're booing because you're a cheat and a liar. Otherwise, Every other politician, yes. I hope you agree, is yes. welcome. They're just not going to speak Absolutely. tonight. Absolutely. And, in fact, tonight's rally is dedicated to the Sullivan brothers, Mike and Tom, and their whole family. First in war, first in peace. There are no great – there's no greater family, patriotic family in all of America. And they're always there for everybody. Seven brothers. Uh, four of them served overseas. The other three, like Brian's a great kid. You know, Brian, he's a cop. Danny's a great kid. Russ is still in uh, Virginia. And, of course, you know, Thomas, uh, they're all – and Mike, of course. Is, and they're legendary. The, they're, they're legendary. legendary. They, even, even Democrats will tell you – the, the best stand-up guy of all is a Democrat they've ever met, Tom Sullivan, who canceled his trip to Florida, was supposed to have left uh, this morning. And his brother Mike said, no, he's canceling the trip. He wants to be there tonight. Wow. Tom is going to speak to the crowd. That's a big they've deal. They've earned it ten times over. Well, just so you know, and I know this because uh, Mary Glynn, who runs the Republican Rockaway Club, she's a terrific lady. And you may remember a couple of weeks ago I was out there and, yes. uh, and speaking and Tom Sullivan announced that he is going to run again, not in 23, but Tom Sullivan will try for a third time in 2024. We need to make sure this time they don't take it from And him. both of us will be there side by side with him, uh, Sid. In fact, we'll be like two cheeks on a tochus. <laughs> You'll cover the right cheek, I'll cover the left cheek, and we'll have Tom right in the middle. Now, that, that'll get a certain vote. Now, I did see uh, Mike Sullivan put in some flyers, but I yeah, saw yeah. your press release yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Your sister did a terrific job. Maria, job. Maria. Maria's yeah. a great kid. So, uh, But I did see something at the very end of it that I have to make the statement now, that I will travel with you to the ends of the world. Yes. The, any rally that you want me at, if I can be there, I'll be there. You know that. You and I become like brothers here. But uh, when it comes to getting arrested, civil disobedience, that's where you're on your own. I'll get you an attorney to get you out of jail, but I am not going to risk any arrests. Hold on, on so this is like Cain and Abel, right? <laughs> yes. When it comes to civil disobedience <laughs> well, and arrest. And what are you going to get? Your friend, the lawyer from the Rockaways who represented the guy who shot me and shot me five times with hollow point bullets? Hey, don't laugh. Joe Murray may, in fact, be there tonight because he's on our side. About time. <laughs> Remember the last time we were at Floyd Bennett Field, and this was the uh, Democratic rally hosted by Assemblywoman Jamie Williams, who will speak tonight. She's earned that. Was that a Democrat? I felt like it was it mostly was... Democrats. Yeah, okay. Mostly Democrats. Okay. And they received us well. Remember, they rolled out the red carpet. Some of our fellow Republicans did not. But anyway, that's for a different well, day. Well, that has changed now, especially yes. Joanne. That's yes. changed. Okay. Yeah. So all of a sudden, they're there, remember? And I look out in the crowd. And these are people, Mill Basin, Marine Park. They've got multi-million dollar mansions. All the lawyers down on Court Street. Those slip and fall lawyers. Those ambulance chasers. And I look out as not one lawyer here to represent the peeps of Brooklyn. And then Frank Sadio pops up. And I, shut up, Frank. You funny. got business with City Hall. You got your beak in the trough. That, Get out of here. That really did happen. Curtis has a set of balls. And Frank went out of his way to be nice to me, and it was nice to you. Oh, but Curtis, wait. Tonight, yeah. let me tell you something. Tonight, he is hosting Andrew Evilice Como. Who is? King Cuomo II, the son of Mario Facha Bruta Como, King Cuomo I. Let me give the salute. Wait, who's hosting it? Uh, Frank Sedio. Oh, boy. Andrew, 
Asenome, Tucci, Provionos, Fachi, man, like your father Mario, you are tonight at the most crooked Democratic club in America, the Thomas Jefferson Democratic Club on 92nd and Conklin, not that far away from our rally. At the same time, Andrew Cuomo is making his resurrection uh, in terms of reviving his political career. And I am going to play this cut forever and ever in terms of how he maligned ICE, Limigre, Immigration and Naturalization Service, that protects us from the bad hombres, the bad illegal aliens. New York State is the state that says we will not cooperate with ICE. They're a bunch of thugs. He politicized ICE. They're a bunch of thugs. We said we will sue them if they violate any criminal laws in the state of New York. Can you believe that? No, I mean, he's a murderer. And and, uh, folks don't know this, when Curtis talks about reviving his political career, I think the uh, majority of the audience thinks, oh, he's going to run for governor again? No. Oh, he's going to run for senator? No. Believe it or not, Andrew Cuomo has his sights set on the presidency. He believes he can beat Donald Trump because of the indictments. He thinks he can beat Joe Biden. In fact, he really thinks Joe Biden's not even going to run. So, yes, Andrew Cuomo, who called ICE, who protects us everyday thugs, is coming back, but he's coming in to run for president. Mm, I I, I believe that. Now, no law enforcement agency has ever honored ICE. You notice when they talk about all the PBA, all the groups, they never mention ICE, right? Tonight, in my final remarks, I am dedicating my remarks to ICE. Oh, Those good. are brave men and women. Every day they put on bulletproof vests, 20,000 around the country. They go after the worst bad hombres. They have detainers. And you know that our police have been ordered not to cooperate with them, the judges, not to cooperate with them, because we declare ourselves to be a sanctuary city and a sanctuary state. These are the men and women who know all the terrorists, all the bad hombres, and our elected officials say, I don't want you to have anything to do with them. Tonight, we're honoring ICE, do because we know nobody any, else do, does Do it. you know any of these uh, ICE service people? Could we get one to uh, show up tonight? I don't know any of these people, well, but I, I know agree they are heroes. I'm giving them information all the time, okay. writing out <laughs> MS-13 and 18 Street. You know me. I'm the biggest rat. I eat the Parmesan cheese. I say, hey, Cholos Vatos, right? You're going back to your country after you do Fed time, my brothers and sisters and ICE. But anyway, let me make mention of another thing. Eric Adams is a fake, phony, fraudulent, fugazi, sanctimonious hypocrite who doesn't remember the lie that he told from the day before. Before he went to Israel to shake your Jewish people down for their shekels because they were whining, dining, and pocket lining him in the middle of an emergency, he swore that there would never be a migrant center on a floodplain. When we looked at the analysis of about the 12 spaces they gave us, some of them were in floodplain areas. Some of them were not suitable to build in. Now, floodplain areas, Floyd Bennett Field, Midland Beach, which got wiped out in Superstorm Sandy. Correct. They lie in City Hall. They're listening right now. You liars. You pathological liars. You bamboozle the people. You know those are floodplains, and yet the mayor says it, and none of the reporters go after him and say, hey, Floyd Bennett Field, huge floodplain. Look at all the rains we've had recently. There's no drainage. Yet they were handing out signed contracts the other day, and we ratted them out right here on WABC. And you know what their response from City Hall was? There are no signed contracts that have been taking place. They lie every day. You can't trust uh, Eric Adams. You can't trust Hoko. And you certainly can't trust Joe Biden. (laughs)
<laughs> I mean, let's face it. Well, that was my post this morning. Uh, if you're coming out there tonight, you're coming out to protest three people. It is three. I know for some reason, even Joanne yesterday, and I love her, and I'm proud of her, but even she seemed hesitant to go after the mayor. Come I on, never am. Oh, right. Let you. me clear the deck. Okay. Let me. They're, they're pimps. Because they want discretionary funds from City Hall. It's all about okay, the money. Okay. Every city well, council. That's why Assemblywoman Jamie Williams is taking the biggest risk of all. Because they're going to cut her off. They, they're going to put her in exile. Well, wait a second. But in all fairness, uh, and I love Jamie, and she'll be there tonight, and I agree she should speak, and she's going to be at all three. Democrat. Hours. Democrat. Right, Democrat. I've never heard her come after Eric Adams either. I never hear any well, of these people. No, I never heard her say right. his name. Like, if I complain, I want to hear Eric Adams say Joe Biden's name. I know that Jamie and Joanne, all these people, very quick to call out Governor Hochul, very quick. They say the name, very quick to call out Joe Biden and the border. They say the name. I got to tell you, I have not heard Jamie say Eric Adams. We'll see if that happens tonight. Okay. But you know who will be calling out Eric Adams. I can't figure it Swagger out. Swagger man with no plan, right? <laughs> Mayor of the illegal aliens. He couldn't give Jack Diddley squat a care about us. Every day I'm out in these streets and subway. He's not. And I'm dealing with African Americans with all kinds of problems. They're either they have drug problems, alcohol problems, emotionally disturbed, some of them veterans. On Ward's Island, there's a shelter at night with black veterans who were there. They got to be in by 10 o'clock at night. It's the worst possible shelter. And yet, illegal aliens, no curfew. They get to come and go. And where do they get the motorbikes and the Vespas from? I passed the Watson Hotel last night, 57th Street. There was a 100 Vespas and motorbikes and all these Venezuelan guys out there. And I say, yo, Cholo, Vato, hey, you love America, right? And they all had big grins on their face with pants so that they can lay up with their mamacita up there and have an anchor baby so it'll make them officially America. You know what's going on. They ain't using condoms. Let me tell you, every night they're praying to the Lady of Guadalupe and Jesus Cristo to have a baby because then they, they can't send them back. I had this conversation last night. Uh, somebody who remained nameless said to me, I do commend what Curtis is doing, and you said, but mostly Curtis. And I've seen Creed Moore, I've seen Staten Island, uh, especially Staten Island, they've done a very good job keeping people out, Ed Day up in Rockland County. And uh, they said, what's your plan? And I said, well, it's a flood zone, so that makes it uh, a no-go. And then, of course, it's also a federal landmark, which I know they can uh, go around that, but that makes it a no-go. I said, so we seem to have some legal basis here. I said, but there is precedent set by other counties, other cities. I said, well, do you really believe in your heart of hearts that all this hard work that Curtis is putting in, and you in Brooklyn, is going to work? And I got to be honest, I stopped, I thought, and I said, I don't know. Hold on a second, Sid. You you doubting Thomas, right? What a doubting Thomas. Have we stopped them in Staten Island? Yes. As John Tobacco and Scott Lebedo and the grandmothers and mothers who have surrounded St. John Vila Academy kept the illegals out. Yes. And let me the, tell the, you those, those people, Tobacco, Lebedo, those grandmothers, Stena, they've done a tremendous job. Not the politicians. No. The politicians give well, their no, speeches. Well, no, is good. Yeah, absolutely. But still. Nicole Meliotakis They don't good. involve themselves I in know. civil disobedience. Who is the king of civil disobedience? You. Who has said, I'll bring in the tractor trailers, we'll tie this city up like a <laughs> knot. Let me take you back circa 1976. The cops were not getting paid correctly, no benefits. Do you know what they did off-duty? They blocked the Belt Parkway. 
Look it up, 1976, outside of the great fight between Muhammad Ali, Ken Norton in Yankee Stadium. Oh, the great Ken Norton. Oh, he, he man. broke his jaw. He exactly, broke his jaw because he was day. such an unorthodox fighter. Yeah. Do you realize the off-duty cops blocked every access, every entrance and exit to uh, Yankee Stadium that day? None of them got arrested. I mean, you think their colleagues in uniform are going to arrest those cops? Trust me, I'm a student of history. I'm the leader of the rebels. I will have a plan of action I will announce tonight. You know me. I always come with a plan so, of action. So is it fair to assume, as we wrap up this, uh, another amazing segment, you're so damn good, it's just unbelievable. Um, is it fair to assume, then, Curtis, that arrest number 81 is pretty much is money in the bank tonight? No, not tonight. Not, not tonight. tonight. No, no. No, we lay out the plan tonight. Oh, but so the actual civil disobedience is coming later. Yeah, and I got to worry about you because the last time, <laughs> wrong way, Lou uh, Rafino with MJ couldn't find the place. He said to me something that now I know all about Lou Rafino. His favorite movie of all time, Falling Down with Michael Douglas, one of my favorite all-time movies. One day he's going to have a psycho attack. Oh, there's no doubt. And you better not be in that car. <laughs> Sid Rosenberg, can you imagine he's going up and down? He's going crazy. He sees all these illegal aliens, and he decides to do a Michael Douglas and Falling Down. He stops at the local grocery store with the Korean. So I just want one can of Coke. I don't want a freaking, I want one can. Oh, and he goes into scene. the fast food yeah, restaurant. It could, it could happen. Hey, listen, it could happen. And he pulls out the AK-47 <laughs> with his starched white shirt on with his pocket protector. You know that wrong way Lou Rafino one day is going to cycle out there as Michael Douglas and falling down. And I'm going to applaud him. Uh, Lou, you want to defend yourself here or is Curtis on to something? <laughs> I can't disagree with anything Curtis has said. Oh, it could be tonight. And by the way, you mentioned Sean Penn. You're right about great actor. But did you ever see The Interpreter with oh, him and yes. Nicole Kidman? great movie. That sucked, that oh, movie. Oh, that was a great movie. You, you, you couldn't be more hopelessly wrong. You better bring your A game tonight. You're the MC. And remember, Sid Rosenberg is going to fire everyone up. We're going to have real people talking at the microphone. And tonight is dedicated to the most patriotic family in America that has been there in wartime, peacetime, the seven Sullivan brothers, starting with Mike, who put this rally together with us. He was the first one there on the tarmac. Runway 19, we're going to put up the tents, put the plumbing in, put in the electricity over our dead bodies. And the best guy ever to run for office, even according to his adversaries, the Democrats, the man who had his election stolen, Tom Sullivan. Bring it out tonight. Because we're going to rock the house. And then you're going to know, no, I'm going to tie this city up in knots. Arrest number 81 is looming. And I'll let you know when. For the future.
accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident. 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. All right, folks, Noam and uh, Justin and Lewis, raise your hand in the studio if you absolutely despise, and don't tell me that's a strong word, I don't hate people, shut up, raise your hand in the studio if you absolutely despise Governor Kathy Hochul. One, two, oh, three, okay, make it four. Bill O'Reilly's probably angry, he's like, oh, don't do that, she's a politician, she's garbage. She is garbage. She has taken advantage of every possible system. She made herself a lot of money, her and her crooked Buffalo Bills husband. She doesn't care about New Yorkers. I don't want to hear it. I'm going to pull a Joe and go, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. There was a time when politics was politics, and you chalked it up to politics. Right? Sometimes they weren't even awful people. It was politics. These people are the dregs of humanity. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Yesterday, this low-life governor talked about getting these illegal jobs. And, and let me make it very clear again for some of you folks that aren't all that bright. She doesn't care about these people. She's not interested in their self-worth or self-respect. She doesn't care. She wants votes. She loves the power. She beat Lee Zeldin by a pubic hair, which is embarrassing. She wants to win again. That's all she cares about. And these illegals, when they get jobs and stay here, they vote for her. That's it. If you really believe in your heart of hearts that she cares, you're somewhere between naive and stupid and closer to the latter. Here's the governor, cut number 10, talking about getting illegals jobs. We are leaving no stone unturned to find some way to get these people out of the shelters, into legal jobs, and get them part of our economy. <laughs> Idiot. Then she goes on to do this. And Eric Adams does this, too. Yes, Mayor, you do this, too. You know who they blame for this mess? Republicans. And I'll ask again, I mean, I... I lived in New York when Donald Trump was president. Four years. 
when Donald Trump was president. I don't remember the word migrant or illegal ever coming up on the shows with Bernard. Ever. Ever. There was no issue. Zero. Remain in Mexico. Title 42. Building a wall. Saying a Republican issue. And this crisis has nothing to do with immigration reform, Kathy, you moron. It's like the mayor confusing right to shelter and sanctuary city. They're not the same. So here's Kathy Hochul clearly showing she has no idea what she's talking about. Cut number 11. Republicans in Washington ought to get their act together, show up, yeah. do their jobs. Right. What about Stop you? Stop pointing the fingers uh-huh. and what actually do, you do? do something useful for us. You once. just pointed your finger at the Republicans, you dumb bastard. What did you just do? And thank God for people like Nicole Maliotakis. I love her. She was on with my man Katz yesterday, Katz and Cosby. And she talked about the possibility of illegals working. Nicole, cut number 12. Certainly an incentive, right, for more people to come to New York City. There's no doubt about it. And the people who sponsored that law are the city council members, people like Justin Brannon in Brooklyn and others, who worked with Bill de Blasio to jam that through in late December when Bill de Blasio was walking out the door. Eric Adams had the opportunity to veto it, and he didn't. He let the bill go through, which is why we are now suing to stop it. That's right. So, there you're all caught up. we got so many great guests stopping by. I've got good audio I want to play today, too. You talk about different sides of the spectrum. Going back to the Jets for a second, Joe Beningo came on a couple of days ago. That was vintage Joe. It even made the New York Post. It was some of the best Beningo you'll ever hear. And he was yelling and screaming, hey, my Jets are still great. we got a great defense. We can run the ball. We've got all this good stuff going on. Zach Wilson's going to win. Well, I've got Stephen A. Smith. He's got one opinion, and I've got Eli Manning. He's got another opinion, which speaks directly to the Aaron Rodgers, Zach Wilson, or the Jets still good argument. All that to come, plus, once again, Judge Napolitano, my man, I endorsed this guy last time. In fact, he will admit on this show this morning, I was the reason why he almost beat Phil Murphy in New Jersey for governor. Jack Chitterelli coming up at 810 The uh, highlight of the week, Bill O'Reilly, he's coming up at 840. And Joey Borgen talking about these rallies. He was at the NJU Hatred Rally a couple of days ago. He's coming on at 910, but at 741 on your gorgeous Sunsplash Thursday morning here in New York City. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Singer of this Hall of Fame band, Dire Straits. Mark Knopfler, Jewish. 
I haven't checked what it got to be. Not <laughs> you know who the the person maybe in the history of the world has been, I guess, um, incorrectly by most people thought of as a Jew when he's not, not even close, Bernie Kosar. Back when I went to Miami, I thought Bernie was Jewish. Bernie was an amazing quarterback for the Canes. He engineered that uh, amazing victory over Nebraska, won the national championship, went on to become a tremendous quarterback for the Cleveland Browns, won a Super Bowl ring backing up Troy Aikman in Dallas in 93, backed up Marino 94 through 96 in Miami, became one of my best friends, and is on the show now quite a bit. He is not Jewish. In fact, I walked into his house in Weston, which is a really nice part in Florida where most of the uh, players live, including Marino. And as soon as you walk in, there's a cross there. It's like the size of Staten Island. And I'm like, uh, what kind of Jewish guy has a cross? And he said, well, what kind of Jewish guy goes to church every Sunday? I go, well, who does that? He goes, me. I go, oh, my God, you're not Jewish? He's like, no, I'm not Jewish. In fact, I'm a, I'm a devout Christian. So, But for some reason, I thought Mark Knopfler was Jewish, is he? I, not to There my... was a time when I thought Bruce Springsteen was Jewish, because it's like Steen, Bruce. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. you know, Norm was laughing, right, Norm? I mean, the name, it, it almost sounds like he's Jewish, right? Well, we you, Jews play this game. They want to know who's Jew and who's not a Jew. So, yeah, Springsteen, then you see how it's spelled, and you realize, okay. Right, it's not. It's not. A, if there was no. an I in there. Do you know Mark Knopfler's Jewish? I don't know. I mean, sounds like it would be, right? I had a, a buddy, he used to do updates at uh, FAN. He's the weirdest guy you've ever met in your whole life, oh. a, a freak. Oh, His name is Rich, Rich Ackerman. Ackerman. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. And he introduced me to a website years ago, years ago, Jew Who. And, um, well, it's a, it's a website of famous Jewish people. And do you remember in the movie The Jerk when Steve Martin found his name in the phone book, how excited he got? Yeah. That was me when I ended up on that site. <laughs> My next guest is not Jewish, but he's a genius, a long, great career in media, Fox News, all those years, Imus. He does a tremendous job with me. He's got his own podcast. Millions listen every week. He is the esteemed Judge Andrew Napolitano. Judge Andrew, how are you, pal? Good. How are you, my man? I'm laughing like hell over this conversation about who's Jewish and who's not. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're looking for as Jesus many as we can him, get. Are you Jewish? Jesus himself said salvation comes from the Jews. That's why he was he was Jewish. Well, he was showed that in yeah, course. He was actually bar mitzvah, I believe, in uh, Lawrence, Long Island, Jesus. So thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, let's get to. Um, I want to get to this impeachment stuff because I know you've uh, shared your opinion on here before. Alan Dershowitz was on with me, I think it was yesterday, and uh, Dersh made it very, very clear that he's not for impeachment. He, he voted against every, the only impeachment he thinks in the history of the presidency that carried any weight was Nixon. He thought Clinton was wrong, all the Trump ones were wrong, he thinks this one is wrong. As a legal man, Judge Knapp, where do you fall on this impeachment inquiry of Joe Biden? I agree with uh, Professor Dershowitz. I disagreed with him uh, at the time of the Trump impeachments, but after hearing his brilliant constitutional arguments uh, on the floor of the Senate, it changed my mind. The impeachment of Andrew Johnson was just bitter revenge by the uh, radical Republicans that were running the Congress in the months and years after Lincoln was uh, assassinated. The only serious impeachment that ought to have been threatened was of Richard Nixon. Now, Nixon, for all of his faults, 
had the decency when Barry Goldwater and Howard Baker came to visit him and said, Mr. President, you're not going to make it. They're going to impeach you and they're going to throw you out. You should do the honorable thing and resign. Two days later, he resigned. I am hoping that Democrats will go to Joe and say, not resign, but forget it. You can't run for re-election. You're going to destroy the party or your uh, presidency, your so-called presidency is utterly indefensible. And if you do resign, the Republicans will leave you alone in the House. I think that's the motivation. Now, why do I think that's the motivation? Because Kevin McCarthy, and I'm not a fan of Kevin. I don't think you are. He's not a real Republican. He's just a middle of the, of the road. Yeah, no, but actually, you're wrong there. That's why I kind of am. Is uh, in fact, I wanted to get to this conversation about people like Marjorie Taylor Greene and Chip Roy and Matt Gates. Those people for me are way too much. They are way too much, and I want to get to why you think they don't like it, but maybe you're about to tell us okay. yourself right now. Kevin didn't count noses. He does not have a majority among Republicans for impeachment. Therefore, the purpose of impeachment is to expose what Biden did when he was vice president, quite properly, to weaken him as a candidate for re-election, quite properly, and perhaps to talk the Democrats into going to him and say, Joe, it's time for you to go. They don't have enough votes to send this to the uh, to the Senate. Why do I say that? Because they need every single Republican vote. They can only lose four. They have 18 Republicans who were elected in districts that Joe carried over Donald Trump by more than 16 percent. Those Republicans cannot vote for impeachment, or they will give up their uh, political uh, careers. Okay. I also don't think, uh, just as I condemned the second impeachment of Trump after he left office, This remember, this is an impeachment for something he did as vice president. Even if he's convicted, they can't kick him out of office because he doesn't hold the office that he had when he did the impeachable event. They could bar him from running for future office, but they can't kick him out of the presidency. This is an impeachment for a behavior that was more than five years ago. So that's why I think it's ill-advised, and that's okay, why— Okay, fair I, enough. I, so, I, so for people that don't follow this closely and they go, well, I don't get it. Chip Roy's a Republican. Matt Gates is a Republican. Marjorie Taylor Greene, Republicans. And Kevin is still out there trying to help the Republicans, you know, move Joe Biden from office. So can you give us particulars as to why those people specifically don't like Kevin McCarthy? Is it what you just stated? They don't like Kevin McCarthy because they think he's a, a, a Democrat in Republican clothing. He doesn't stand for a balanced budget. He doesn't stand for smaller spending. He's in favor of aid to uh, Ukraine. He's a big government Republican, uh, and that's their objection to him. Listen, I have problems with a lot of them, but on their beefs with Kevin McCarthy, I am with them. I think they make a very strong case. On the other hand, there's no Kevin has no competition. There's nobody else that could be speaker. Right. If they vacate the speaker chair, you know, it only takes one Republican to say, OK, the chair is vacated. Time for another election. There's nobody else who can have it. The last time they did that, they changed speakers every uh, every two or three months. It ended up with uh, when they threw Gingrich out. So uh, this is very, very dangerous for government. The government's about to shut down. Uh, at the end of this month, if Marjorie Taylor Greene and Matt Gates and Chip Roy and those folks do not vote in favor of a continuing resolution, and they're not going to do it. They think, and here's where I agree with them, 
it's better for the government to shut down than for it to go uh, into uh, a bottomless pit of debt. When it shuts down, the judiciary doesn't stop and the Defense Department doesn't stop and the borders like our friends at ICE don't stop, but everything else does. Mm. You know, you mentioned ICE, and uh, Curtis Sliwa talked uh, very nicely about ICE, and uh, he was on with me about 40 minutes ago, as he is every weekday morning, and Curtis and I are back at it again tonight. It'll be a third rally together, but the second one that Curtis is putting on back at Floyd Bennett Field as uh, now the possibility of two to 8,000 illegals becomes a probability. So we're back out, uh, we're back out there tonight. But at the same time, not far from where we're going to be rallying tonight, Andrew Cuomo, Frank Sedio, will be getting together, and Andrew Cuomo is going to speak. And the rumors are, and these are getting loud, these rumors, is that Cuomo's not going to run for governor or senator. He actually believes right now the presidency is right for the taking, because the rumor is is that Joe Biden, come December, is going to bow out. 100% come December, all this, Joe Biden's going to bow out. And Cuomo looks at it like it's a wide-open door, because he, he thinks he can beat Donald Trump. What do you think about all that conversation? Well, I don't think he can beat Donald Trump, but I think he can beat uh, Gavin Newsom. Um, and take the uh, Democratic nomination would be quite a classic battle uh, formal against Trump. Look, I know you can't stand Andrew. He's a friend of mine. I don't agree with him politically, but we are personal and so He's a murderer. He's a murderer. What do you mean he's a friend I, of yours? 18,000 people are did. dead. I agree with you. Uh, listen, uh, and, and Andrew, listen, I, I'm all about loyalty. I've got childhood friends that are in prison, they're in jail. I'm all about that. But this guy is such a piece of garbage that I would not ever admit publicly that I'm his friend. I'm sorry, you may feel that way, but I'm doing you a favor. Don't ever admit that again publicly, please. It well, ain't gonna, it's not going to help you. I'll tell you who I do agree with you on, and that's his successor. She is the worst governor in the history of the state of New York, maybe the worst governor in the history of the country. On that, I agree with you. Wow. That's well, that's because, see, now you're showing your true colors. That's because Cuomo's Italian, so you side with him and Hoko's not. <laughs> Listen, I love Lee Zeldin, too. <laughs> and he's a Jew. There you go. There's one for us. There you go. Lee Zeldin, he's Jewish. Um, but on a serious note with Hoko, she was again talking yesterday. And the mayor does the same thing. They both should be slapped across the face for this ridiculous uh, notion that they actually care about migrants working. They only are care you about... Still fr- are you still friends with the mayor, even though you and I disagree with him on so many things? I'm going to guess yes, because you're loyal to your friends. You're still friends with me, even though I'm friends with Andrew. You guess wrong. The answer is no. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I didn't say I'm not, but I, I, I have not reached out to him. Um, I have not seen him. Uh, he knows what I say on this show every morning. Trust me, Fabian Levy, Ingrid, all of his people, they tell him. And it's been months now since he's made an appearance on this show and the better part of five weeks since we've even texted each other because I'm pissed because I am his friend. But guess what? I put this city my family, our safety, our education, our money, ahead of my friendship with Eric Adams. I, and I'm sick I and tired, and I'm sick and tired of people. People are, people are running shade for Eric. They're quick to bash Biden. Did, They're quick to bash Hochul. They don't the, bash Eric. Break the ice. Did break the ice. Have this conversation with him face-to-face on air. Invite him into the studio. Break the ice. You may actually move him in the right direction. That's how powerful your words are when you're passionate. I'm not saying that because you're my friend. I'm just saying because I'm in the business of communicating. You are very passionate right now. He needs to hear you say that face 
to face right there in the Casamitini uh, studio. I agree, and I reached out to a mutual friend, and I said it would benefit the mayor more than me. It doesn't matter to me, but if the mayor has any real designs on winning again, even though I'm endorsing Curtis, or even becoming president yeah, one day, if he thinks he can win with his buddies in City Hall and not grab some independents, and even moderate Republicans like myself, he's an idiot. So he does need to come on. Forget about WBLS. Forget about Joe and Mika and all these people that suck up to him, his sycophants. He needs to go with somebody like me. Take these questions. Tell me to shut up. Tell me I'm wrong. But to stay away from me makes him look like a coward and makes all these issues even worse. Agreed. Agreed. Now, I'm on a rampage this week uh, against the governor of New Mexico who thinks by signing a piece of paper she can take guns away from people that lawfully have them. Uh, I wrote my piece. You can't turn off a, a fundamental constitutional liberty like that. And late last night, a federal judge agreed with me and invalidated her order telling people that have a license to carry guns that they can't do it. So that's that's now history. I'm not taking credit for what the judge did. I'm just saying the judge did the right thing. And just like Andrew Cuomo, when he interfered with individual liberties, whenever any governor interferes with individual liberties, it is the duty of the federal courts to stop them, and it's the duty of people like you and me to expose them. You know, talking about guns, I'm running a little late here, but it's a great conversation. So well, I, like this, uh, I like this I uh, like this Lauren Boebert lady. I like her. I don't know. She's Colorado. She carries guns. She's kind of sexy. So um, she shows up at some uh, concert, you know. And she's uh, yelling and screaming and making a whole big thing, and they kick her out of the concert. So I'm watching, uh, it may have been Inside Edition. I love Deborah Norville, but I'm watching Inside Edition, or one of these shows, you know. And they're talking about the way she's dressed. She was wearing a kind of a low-cut, tight dress. So what? She's a woman. Could you imagine? They don't say a word when Fat Lizzo is half-naked on stage and squirming all over the place. But, but right? But Lauren Boebert, because she's a Republican gun-toter out of Colorado, they're actually killing her about the way she's dressed at a concert? She's, Are you kidding me, she's, Judge? She's a beautiful, sexy woman. She has the right to dress however she wants. Right. It's absolutely absurd. I want to hear them complaining that Sid Rosenberg is wearing jeans that are too tight. <laughs> That's coming. Trust me, Judge. That's coming. Hey, I love you. This is a great appearance. You're always great every Thursday. Thank you so much. God love you. Tell O'Reilly I love him. <laughs> He's listening. He never misses your appearance on a Thursday. In fact, most weeks now, he actually represents it. So I was listening to Judge Knapp earlier, so I'll tell him. But I think you heard it. That wraps up two great hours. The aforementioned great Bill O'Reilly still to come. We're going to talk to Jack Chitterelli, running for governor in New Jersey. Joey Borgen, Bo Deedle, still on vacation. She'll be back next week. Two more hours to come. Thursday edition, Sid and Friends in the morning. Is sit in friends in the morning.
title track of one of the greatest rock and roll albums ever. Albums, I'm old, Born to Run, Jungle Land, Thunder Road, all on this album. Born to Run, Bruce Springsteen. One time Robert Wall said they should make it the uh, theme song for the state of New Jersey, except the song says you got to leave New Jersey, but we don't care. It's a great song, and we are talking about New Jersey. You know, of all the places I lived, and I had a, a beautiful, well, two homes, actually, in Boca Raton, two beautiful homes. I uh, lived uh, mostly in apartments in New York. Now we've got a gorgeous house by the beach, but I really, you know this, Lou, I loved living in Tenafly, New Jersey. And I got the opportunity to move there in 2003. I upped it up, got fired by WFAN in 2005. I lost my house. The bank sold it to a bunch of Korean people for about 100 bucks, And um, I actually am sad about that. And I drive by it every now and then. It's on Serpentine and Elm, right on the corner in Tenafly, New Jersey. When have you, when have you driven by there? Oh, the last couple of years, Danielle and I, because her car dealer was out there in okay. New Jersey. So we drive by the house. You know, Ava, when she was born, Mount Sinai, New York, we took her back to that house. We painted her ceiling in her bedroom with clouds, and we love that house. And I screwed it up, but I love living there. It's a Let me tell you, Bergen County is gorgeous. So my next guest, hopefully, will be running all of it because he had a great run, just like Lee Zeldin, the governor of New Jersey, lost to that creep, Phil Murphy. But my uh, prediction is Jack Chitterelli will be the next governor of the great state of New Jersey. Here he is. Jack, good morning, buddy. How are you? I'm great, Sid. It's great to be back with you and uh, appreciate the kind words. And, and listen, yes, I'm rooting for Rutgers, but only because my alma mater, Seton Hall, doesn't have a football team. Oh, well, they got a good basketball team. And, uh, you know, it's funny. My sister went to Michigan, my sister Elizabeth, and she was there. Uh, I think she was a junior when Glenn Rice and Michigan beat P.J. Carlissimo in Seton Hall. I know you remember that that game very, very well. Well, I'm still in therapy, Sid. Did you have to bring that up? <laughs> well, it, to, mean, in your defense, that was a terrible foul call on Romeo Robinson, and I was rooting for Michigan. <laughs> that was a terrible call. But uh, they're both great schools. I actually am good friends with the uh, the female basketball coach. I'm not even sure he still is that, but he's a terrific guy, Tony. But that, they're both great schools, Rutgers, Seton Hall, and look, Jersey's a great state, and while we're on education, talking about the other uh, colleges, I was talking to our, our mutual friend Jack Manzo about this uh, just yesterday in anticipation, of course, of this appearance. And he said you've been on top of the liberal legislators, the Attorney General and Murphy, on what they're trying to do with the kids in the schools in New Jersey. He said the NJAG is actually suing New Jersey school districts for trying to keep their liberal policies out Tell me more about your struggles in doing the right thing by the kids in New Jersey. This all started when Phil Murphy approved the teaching of gender ID and sexual orientation in our youngest grade levels. Uh, Sid, we talked about that all during the campaign, and now it's turned into something else. I mean, we've got the, uh, the attorney general carrying out his very extreme agenda that if a child goes to school, and is changing their clothes and changing their pronouns, different from what they use at home, that the school is under no obligation whatsoever to inform the parents. And this is just flat out wrong. In fact, a recent poll in New Jersey said 77% of New Jerseyans. Now, you, you can't get 100% of New Jersey's degree on what day of the week it is. 77% <laughs> of New Jerseyans disagree with this policy that Phil Murphy's Attorney General Matt Flatkin is carrying out that we're going to keep this a secret from parents. 
Um, we want an inclusive and safe environment. We believe that that environment is safest when it includes parents. School districts and parents should be working in partnership, not in secret, uh, with regard to children. So this is what's going on. i got to tell you, it's going to have a major impact on this year's elections in New Jersey. We're all 120 seats in the state legislature are at the top of the ballot. But what are you looking at now, and, and excuse me for uh, being a bit ignorant when it comes to this, but isn't Phil Murphy, isn't he done, hasn't he timed out? So when you run for governor, is it is it against Murphy or the likelihood against uh, some other Democrat? We do have term limits in New Jersey, so this is uh, thankfully will be his last term. I wanted him desperately to be only a one-term governor, <laughs> yeah. and we came, we came close. Uh, but, yeah, no, he's a, he's a second-termer. But, listen, he's running for the hills. Because the Democrats that control the majority in Trenton have asked them to. I mean, you've even seen this guy do a total 180 on his his want to make New Jersey a sanctuary state when Joe Biden said he wanted to send the New York City uh, migrants uh, down to the Atlantic City airport, which is owned by the feds. And uh, that's what Biden said. And, and, and Joe, uh, Phil Murphy, all of a sudden found religion, said, no, 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 we're not doing that. Mm-hmm. So. Um, he's been wrong on a number of issues, uh, Sid, and it's really reached a boiling point with regard to crime in the community. The guy's energy policies are extreme, and, of course, what's going on in our public schools. No, that is uh, unacceptable. The public schools really makes me nauseous. And my son, he started high school this year. He's 14, but not that far removed from being a little boy at the JCC or here in Brooklyn or New York City in school as well. And I know uh, how bad things get. I do want to ask you about COVID. Because uh, I believe that Phil Murphy was every bit as bad as Cuomo. More people died, I think, in Jersey than New York. I mean, Phil Murphy was a horrible governor during COVID. He shut everything down right away, everything. Hoboken was closed, and uh, Jersey City was closed. Everything was closed, and people were still dying at an unbelievable rate. And all these liberals in New Jersey, like Murphy, continued to wear masks, although Phil Murphy was caught more than once, more than once, with his family dining out without a mask on. Now they're talking about, you know, the possibility of mandates coming back with masks. It's been proven scientifically they don't work. They don't care. Uh, maybe lockdowns. What is the future, the COVID future for New Jersey? And why don't more people talk about the really lousy job that Phil Murphy did? Sid, this is the guy that uh, closed our schools and uh, opened up our nursing homes. I mean, think about that for a second. That, that's, why, that, that's why I'm saying he's not that different than Andrew Cuomo. No, he's not. And uh, Joe Biden's Department of Justice just in the last two weeks released a very damning report of how bad it was in New Jersey's veterans nursing homes, which are owned and operated by the state. And, um, you know, what's amazing, Sid, is we we had a closing of the, of the, the George Washington Bridge. It became known as Bridgegate. Nobody died. But yet the Democratic majority had all kind of hearings and with subpoena power. This is a governor that killed over 8,000 people in our nursing homes, more than any other state. Veterans homes, which are run by the state, have this damn report. There isn't a single hearing with subpoena power. What took place was criminal. And yet this is what happens when you've got a Democratic majority that's been in control for more than two and a half decades. But I I really believe that's all going to change with this year's elections. 
Tell me about crime. You mentioned crime. I know that uh, I've got relatives and friends who still live in Bergen County, those nice towns, you know, Tenafly, Englewood, Alpine, Demarest, all those towns. And uh, they're having issues with uh, home invasions, and you can't leave a car outside. Just like Howard Beach by me in Queens, you leave a car outside, it's gone. It is over. Uh, tell me about some of the neighborhoods hit uh, hit hard. Uh, I'm talking about nice neighborhoods in New Jersey hit hard and how bad it's actually gotten. It's all throughout the state, Sid, and it has a lot to do with the fact that we have literally handcuffed our police with regard to some of the things that they used to be able to do that they can no longer do. I mean, I'm not someone that has an issue with no-knock warrants. I'm not someone that has an issue with using canines for crowd control. I'm not someone that ever had an issue with high-speed chases, if need be. These are trained professionals. Let them do their job. And it's, it's no, uh, it's no accident that we've got a, a real shortage of people going into law enforcement today who would want to. I mean, the, the Democrats are all over them. It seems that we show more sympathy for, for the criminal than we do for the victim. Wow. So people are very, very concerned about the rise in crime across the state and, and the desire for safe communities. And, it, and again, that's one of the three issues, along with public education and Phil Murphy's energy policies, that have really reached a boiling point across the state and, again, will impact this year's elections. Well, I also believe, and uh, boy, talking to you, Jack, is like talking to a New York uh, Republican. It's the same thing. It's the same conversation. The governor's killing us. Crime's killing us. You mentioned crime. You mentioned schools. And you mentioned energy. Correct me if I'm wrong, but taxes, taxes are a huge problem in New Jersey, No. We're the highest tax people in the, in the nation. Right. And, and what's so frustrating, Sid, is when you look at New Jersey's tax structure, we've got income taxes, we've got sales taxes, right? We've got some of the highest business taxes in the nation. We've got casino revenues. We've got lottery. We've got sports betting. Um, you know, there's all kinds of revenue sources, and yet it's still not enough. And uh, you would think with all the surplus he's sitting on, there would be some real relief here in New Jersey. But listen, even the different type of gimmicks they've put in place, um, people around New Jersey are not going to be tricked. I've told people, listen, if you get one of those gimmick rebate checks, um, cash the check and then stick it in Phil Murphy's ear. (laughs) Republican. (laughs) I love it. We're on the air, air, Sid, so I'm going to say stick it in his ear. Oh, you can say stick it in his ass. I don't care. Don't forget, you're on Sid's show. There's a completely different set of rules here, Jack. That's why you love me and the whole state loves me. Um, I I do want to talk about the Jersey Shore. Tell me about the summer you folks had down there. I mean, the weather for the most part was okay. How'd you guys do financially on the Jersey Shore? Listen, it was a great uh, it was a great summer along the Jersey Shore. I mean, there wasn't a single weekend of rain, and that means the world to the local businesses. But I'll tell you something, Sid. Executive order number one is that New Jersey colleges can't start the the week before Labor Day. I mean, you know, our New Jersey Jersey Shore businesses only get ten weeks of summer. Wow, it ends up being like nine and a half because we're sending our you know open up our schools. I mean, I remember when I went to school. I know it was forty years ago, but <laughs> things didn't start until after Labor Day. Yeah. You know. Let's not exacerbate the labor shortage and let's not have people going off to school when that economy is so important, the summer economy to our Jersey Shore businesses. Let's enjoy summer right through Labor Day and have schools open up after Labor Day. Couldn't agree more. And uh, 1,000% open them later and keep those masks off those kids at Rutgers and Seton Hall and all that nonsense. So when do you start well, to really... I, I spoke out about the, uh, the the vaccine mandate at Rutgers. I don't think it's necessary. I think it's wrong. Agreed. And, um, and there's been a lot of backlash on that. 
No, I know there has been. I know you speak out on it. You're on the right side, Jack, as you always are. But those people are crazy. I mean, they're just absolutely crazy. So when do you start to ramp up your uh, your run here? When do you start getting real, real serious? My focus right now, Sid, are, are the 120 legislative races going on around the state, 40 senators, 80 assembly people. I want to continue the momentum from 2021 when we flipped eight seats in the state legislature and beat the longest sitting state Senate president in the country. I don't want to give back any of that ground, and we've got an opportunity to pick up more seats this year as we look toward 2025. I'll, I'll declare sometime in the spring of 2024, and we'll get after it. All right. Hopefully you'll do it right here, folks. He's really smart. He's a good man. He's a great family man. He's very handsome. And he's my friend Jack Cittarelli. And you are listening, ladies and gentlemen. Write it down to the next governor, state of New Jersey. Jack, as always, excellent appearance. Thanks so much for hopping on. Hey, guys, thanks for having me. Looking forward to next time. You got it. Take care. Jack Chitterelli, folks, my choice by a distance for governor in Jersey. I have a lot of friends and family in Jersey. I care. I live there. Care about that state. Jack Chitterelli to Bruce Springsteen. Don't forget Bill O'Reilly coming up soon. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. We get it almost every night. And when that moon gets a big and bright, it's a supernatural delight. Everybody was dancing. They've had a lot of good laughs, that's true, and some other discussions, but pretty politically heavy. Curtis was uh, amazing this morning. He always is. And we had Judge Napolitano on and Jack Cittarelli. But the Aaron Rodgers story is still a big one. And how do I know that? Forgetting about seeing Otis Livingston, my man Otis, talking about it on CBS locally. He's my favorite sports guy now in this town, Otis. The kid Ryan Field bores me at ABC, and I can't even tell you who does NBC. It's all I go to. But uh, now, you know, every night on World News Tonight, they've had it. Every night. David Muir, Lester Holt, Nora O'Donnell, all these amateurs. And they reported that he got hurt. Now, last night, the report was that he tweeted something. or he Where did he write uh, what he wrote, uh, Justin? 
Uh, it was on Instagram. He put up a series of photos. One of the photos actually was him on the ground, on the field. Like, no kidding. Holding his leg. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. And he says, uh, I will rise like he's some sort of phoenix or something like that. So, Well, don't make fun of him. I'm not making fun of him at all. He's going to come back and be great. You know how I know? Yeah, sure he will. He said it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't bet against Aaron Rodgers just okay. yet. All right. That's but fine. he's no longer really part of the conversation. Conversation now is, depending upon who you listen to, some Jet fans say that their defense is so good, they they got two great running backs, Hall and Cook, Garrett Wilson, maybe the best young wide receiver in football, special teams, terrific. We can still win, win the division, go to the playoffs. Others say Zach Wilson ain't going to happen. In fact, when I even intimated, do we have this Beningo cut, any one of these three? When I even intimated that the Jets can't win with Zach, and I admit their defense is great. I'm not sure I'm going with Reed just yet compared to the 85 Bears. Be careful. But they may be. They're that good. The defensive line is unbelievable. And they can run the ball, and their skill-wide receiver players are great, and their special teams are terrific. So there is something to that. The Jets happen to be a really good football team. But it goes right. But eventually the quarterback... He's going to make a difference. I, I listen. I know Jeff Hostetler won a Super Bowl with the Giants. By the way, the Giants were ten and one that year when Phil Simms got hurt against the Bills. Ironically, Hostetler beat that same Bills team in the Super Bowl. I know Brad Johnson won a Super Bowl. I know Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl. I get it. Not every quarterback has been Joe Montana, Tom Brady, or Troy Aikman. I get it. But uh, this kid Zach is a special kind of bad. Now it wasn't awful Monday. He did just enough and. And the Jets were able to win. They won on a special teams play, not on a great play by Zach Wilson. But he's so bad that, you know, there are people that just can't see it, despite the rest of the talent on the football team. One of those guys is uh, Stephen A. Smith. So we'll go to this first, Lou, while you're searching for Beningo. Stephen A. on ESPN said yesterday, Zach, uh uh-uh, cut number 17. I'm telling you right now, you can't have. Zach Wilson behind quarterback. You got to do something. Robert Seller could talk all that stuff you want. All I'm going to say to you, coaches, this ain't hard knocks, bro. We ain't buying it. Y'all in a world of trouble because Zach Wilson is your quarterback, period. Yeah, but again, the <laughs> the the Jet band that I would consider the most pessimistic, gloomiest Jet band of all, while being the best Jet band of all, by a distance is Joe Beningo. WFAN legend, unbelievable talk show host, Joe Beningo. And he goes on the air every day and says the Jets are a disaster, the Mets are a disaster. It doesn't matter. So when Aaron Rodgers got hurt, I couldn't wait to book Beningo for the next day, which turned out to be Tuesday this week, because I figured he was going to come on and go, oh, what a disaster, we're finished. Ah, but unlike Stephen A. Smith, Joe Beningo flipped the tables on me and said this, well, let me tell you right now, Sid, I'm going to stun everybody because I am pumped up, okay? What? And I don't want to hear the Jet fans all freaking crying, okay? This is a good football team. And I understand they lost the quarterback. I get it. This defense, they went out there and they kicked Buffalo's ass in the second half. This is a good football team. And you know what, bro? There's no reason this team can't still win the division and go out there and make the playoff. I just see so you no, know, but then goes very, very close with the head coach, Robert Sella. In fact, they golf together. They do. And Seller goes on Beningo's terrific podcast, which I've been on many times, including most recently with Lewis at a live podcast in Hackensack. 
And Robert Sella kind of said the same thing yesterday at his Jet press conference, which is, don't sit shiver just yet. Here's the Jet coach, number 16. I don't know why people are trying to put an obituary under our, our team name. Um, you know, it's uh, I, Aaron is an unbelievable piece to this whole thing, and, and we love him, but uh, I think there's... There's 52 other guys in the locker room, plus the 16 practice squad guys that uh, that believe that we can do a hell of a lot of good things here. And uh, you know, we got championship caliber defense. We got great skill guys, uh, great skill guys on the on the offensive side of the ball. Our O line is going to continue to gel and get better. But um, uh, we're excited about our group. We've worked hard over the last couple of years. Players, coaches, scouts, GM. Um, uh, building a pretty cool organization. And one more on this before we get to the great Bill O'Reilly. Eli Manning, you know, Eli and Peyton Manning do that show together. They were on the air when Rodgers went down, and the both of them kind of put their head in their hands like, oh, my. And Eli was on Pat McAfee's show. McAfee is a big college guy, part of that ESPN game day crew on Saturday mornings. And uh, real goober, you know, but uh, knows his stuff. He had Eli Manning on yesterday, and he asked Eli about the future, whether or not the Jets should stick with Zach Wilson, because you're hearing all these veteran names pop up, right? Oh, the Jets should go get Tom Brady, uh, Jacoby Brissett, Nick Foles. Uh, who else is out there they've talked about? Um, uh, even Colin Kaepernick's game, is, uh, his name has come up. But Eli Manning seems to think the Jets have the right guy at quarterback as they get set to play the Dallas Cowboys this Sunday. Two-time Super Bowl champ, my guy Eli Manning, cut number 18. Do you think they should look outside the building to potentially make a run with this roster that looks phenomenal all about the, the except for the quarterback position? No, I think I think you got to stay with Zach Wilson. He's been, you know, been there all through training camp, you know, he still has some experience playing. He's still a young quarterback, but at least he's he he knows the system. If you bring in a new quarterback who hasn't been anywhere, not to know the system, it just takes too much time. So, uh, you know, Zach obviously played great uh, in the second half of that game, got it going, you know, a couple of nice drives there at the end to get the win. So I think he's the guy. It's unfortunate, um, you know, for Aaron, a feel for him. I know he was excited for this upcoming season. I know, you know, you talk with him a bunch, Pat, on the show and, and know, you know, he'd worked hard. He, you know, kind of a second chance and a new spot and, and a lot of new changes. So, you know, feel for him that it had to end this way. Um, it was a shock. Yeah. I mean, you kind of, I got worried when I didn't, it looked like an ankle at first. And when I didn't see like, you know, someone land on his ankle or get twisted or didn't see anything of the ankle, that's when I was worried that it was going to be something, something worse. There he is, uh, Super Bowl champion quarterback, my guy, Eli Manning. So that's the latest on Aaron Rodgers. It will be Zach Wilson. The Jets are going to play the team that destroyed my Giants. I was in attendance. Sunday night, sitting in the rain with my daughter Ava, my son Gabriel, as we took a 40 to nothing whacking by Prescott and the Cowboys. Now the Jets go to Dallas. By now the Jets are getting way too many points. Nine and a half. Jets are a great bet this weekend. Giants, they're in Arizona. They are a six point favorite. All right, Bill O'Reilly coming up next. Entertaining and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Turn 
Google Dolls. Name, 845 on your Thursday. You know, I don't know if you saw this, but in the New York Post, you know, I'm good friends with Eric Ulrich. I think he's getting job by Alvin Bragg in the city for destroying this kid's life for no reason. It's garbage. But, and Bill O'Reilly probably haven't seen this. So in the New York Post, you know, he surrendered yesterday. And the column reads in the New York Post, this is great. Ex-New York City Buildings Commissioner Eric Ulrich surrenders to the DA with Bill O'Reilly book in tow. That's the actual headline in the New York Post. Because much like when, oh, I don't know, Mark David Chapman shot John Lennon and had a copy of Catcher in the Rye in his pocket, when Eric Ulrich turned himself in yesterday, he had Bill O'Reilly's Killing Jesus in his hand when he walked in. I don't know. To me, that's a huge compliment. Bill O'Reilly was the best. He still is the best. He'll always be the best, whether it's 9 p.m. weeknights on WABC or his own amazing website, BillOReilly.com. Interviews, TV shows, columns. He's got that killing series, Ask Eric Ulrich, Killing Jesus. And, of course, our big show coming up together in Huntington, October the 27th. Well, how about that, Bill? The guy surrenders, and he's holding your book, Killing Jesus, in his hands. Are you? Uh, is, that, is that complimentary for you? He's hoping for a miracle. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know, he wants to turn Alvin Bragg to stone. <laughs> Just like, remember, uh, Sodom and Gomorrah? Okay, yes, yes. Turn around. Um, look, I don't know about the case. I don't know what he did. Um, is this uh, – I didn't see the picture. Is it in yesterday's or today's uh, post? It's, it's in today's New York Post. Okay. And uh, it's online. You can go see it online. That's what he sent me, the online version. I'm not sure if it's actually uh, in the paper. I have in to check paper. that. In the paper, okay. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't – you know, I can't really comment on it, but I was interested to, to uh, hear your conversation this morning on a couple of topics. Uh, number one, Andrew Cuomo is not going to run for president. So, you know, I know all of this is fodder for the news media and the talk radio industry. Well, but how do you know that? Because I got it, a pretty good not. source he is. Okay. Number one, he doesn't have enough money. Okay. But the most important reason he will not run is the Democratic Party is still deeply, deeply invested in the Me Too movement. Okay. They were the drivers of it. The progressive left drove that thing. And talk about witch hunts, because Killing the Witches comes out now um, on the 26th of September. And I correlate what happened in Salem way back in the 17th century to what's happening now. That was 100% driven by the progressive left and the Democratic Party. They cannot turn their back on the Me Too movement. They cannot. And if Cuomo decides to run for president... That's going to be rammed down his throat, their throats. It'll never happen. So uh, you know me. I mean, I'm pretty fair analyst here. No, 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 no. My money's on you, not just fair. Right. But I'm you, sorry you, about your source. No, but I, I would say this. When I think of Andrew Cuomo, and you're right. You're, listen, you're much smarter than me, and you got the, you know the right people, and you, you know history. When I think of the history of Andrew Cuomo and all the things he did wrong, that Me Too nonsense that he kissed some lady at a wedding or touched some lady's arm oh, or someone, it is way down the list of what he did wrong. It doesn't matter, though. You see, this is what I mean. It, it, none of that matters. The only thing that matters is the headlines and the allegations. What about the headlines with Tara Reid that Joe Biden used his fingers on her? He won well, the presidency. The press wouldn't report it. 
They reported it. Nobody well, cared. One day, no, one they day, didn't. And then they marginalized her as a nut. And that's, yeah. that's the game. <clears throat> in order, listen to this stat. This is really an interesting stat. Okay. In order for anything to become real in the mind of the average American, which Sid and O'Reilly's show in Huntington, Killing the Witches, Sid and Friends in the Morning, whatever it may be, the average American has to hear something nine times. Nine. Before it becomes, they become cognizant of it. And wow. this is based on extensive research in all the marketing business schools. I guess Danielle okay. was right. She says that about me all the time. Sometimes yeah, time. I mean, and you, you is probably 18 <laughs> times. And you have to then color and hold it up. Um, in, in various rainbow colors uh, to right. get your attention. Right. Um, because most Americans, they're diverted. And we, know, we don't live in the moment any longer. All right? So we're doing things. I'm talking to Sid, but at the same time, I'm looking to see killing Jesus. On, you know, right. it, it, it's, we live in a complicated society. So the press can dictate what stories are, um, are driven into the consciousness of Americans. Yesterday, after the um, latest Biden <clears throat> ridiculous uh, situation, um, if you put on the television news, you heard the exact same phrase more than 100 times in the space of three hours. There's no evidence linking Joe Biden to Hunter. That's right. That's true. Over and over and over and no. over right. again. Right. That's why uh, okay. Lee Zeldin's Instagram, he said there is no evidence except phone calls, text messages, bank records. He listed about 30 things. That, uh, yeah, you know. but it doesn't even matter because you have to investigate to get evidence. <laughs> right? So True. if something is done, nefarious, word of the day, you have to investigate. See, that's how you uncover evidence. But the Democratic Party doesn't want any investigation. The FBI has done bupkis, as everybody knows, five years. I was on Cuomo on News Nation on Wednesday, and, he, and he's staying the same mantra, saying the same thing. Where's the evidence? Yeah. I said, you have to have someone investigate to get the evidence. It's not like when you have a uh, vice president using three nom de plumes. Do you know what that is? Um, it's a pen. Aliases. <laughs> was close. Okay. <laughs> aliases on his computer, on his smartphone. Three, three different aliases. Why was he doing that? Yeah. Why would he be doing that? <laughs> Biden can't even remember his own name from day to day. Now he has to remember four names, his own name, and three phony names. Does that make any sense? To any- There's no evidence. Okay, it's like Jack the Ripper. Everybody remember Jack? Sure. Well, you had to investigate to find Jack. The Scotland Yard can't come out and go, well, I don't have any evidence, so good night, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We live in an insane country now, and I use that word literally, insane. It is. It's insanity. And so, okay, so so to wrap up the Andrew Cuomo thing, give me the percentage, how sure you are, that he is not going to run for president. Okay, let, let me just put it this way. Anybody can run for president. Okay. The guy in North Dakota is running for president. Yeah, Bergham, Doug Bergman. Right? Great, yes. Yeah, I mean, look, <laughs> cold in North 
Dakota <laughs> wants to get out of there and go to Florida and campaign, wouldn't you? Yes. On somebody else's dime. <laughs> he knows he's not going to win. What he wants is he'd like to be Secretary of Energy if, you know, the Republicans win. So he wants to build up his name. That's why he's doing it. Now, Andrew Cuomo, he could run, but he's not going to get any Democratic constituency to support him. Gotcha. And if you don't have, it's like RFK Jr. He's running, but there aren't going to be any Democrats that support him. None. His constituency is anti-vaxxers, and they're not enough. Right. It's true. But RFK Jr. is going to get another two-book deal out of it. He can't do lectures because you can't understand what he's talking about because he's got the throat condition. Yeah, yeah. But now RFK Jr. is famous again, right? He is. What Although, was he doing before? I don't know. I, Nobody I, I, knows. Right. He didn't. He was wandering around a nature trail in California. I got to tell you, he was. He was never going to win. I mean, I just I can't stand when people they pick a guy they like him and they try to make a, an intelligent argument when they have the chance to, and they just sound stupid. He was never going to win. But I'm not going to lie. He gained a little bit of traction until he made that stupid comment about the Jews and COVID. He's not an anti-Semite, but God was that a stupid comment. Look, I, I don't even. I've known him for decades, and I actually like him um, personally. <clears throat> and but when I when he announced to run for president, I knew exactly why he was doing it. I don't even think though Cuomo's going to announce. Um, I think he'll want. I, I think he'll run for governor. I, I, you do because he got a shot there. Yeah. Um, because and I'm you know Kathy Hochul was at that event at WABC for cousin Brucey. I have to I have to give her a little props here. She walked over to me, and most people were too frightened to do that, by the way, and she was very nice. We didn't talk politics. No. We just talked the event and this and that. That showed me something. I mean, she knows that I'm, I'm a critic of her. You know, it's funny you say that. Um, John Katsimatidis invited me to a lunch last year, maybe a year and a half ago, at the Harvard Club, and she spoke that day. And very similar to your story, she said hello to me, too. I even, I'm, I'm going to say this, at the risk of getting killed here, I even took a picture with her. But I must tell you that since then I've deleted the picture, I don't want her to ever walk up to me ever, ever again, and I can't stand her. But it does seem to be her M.O. that whether it's O'Reilly or Rosenberg, somebody critical or not, she's going to say hello because sometimes you may want to keep your enemies closer than your own friends. Well, look, whatever the motivation was, she was very polite um, we had a, a, a nice, you know, two-minute conversation. I didn't take a picture of her because uh, I couldn't. I'm 6'4", she's 4'11". <laughs> so it would have just been my belly button up, up against her um, face, and that would not You know what's funny good. about what you just said? Every time I'm at an event with you, people always go to me, I never realized Bill O'Reilly was that tall. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, they never say, though, you know, they never say, I never realized Bill O'Reilly was that smart. They never say that. It's always I Paul. say that. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. So I know you also were listening during the, the Aaron Rodgers stuff. Yes. Your thoughts on that? The New York Jets need to hire an exorcist. Okay? <laughs> not another quarterback. Not another coach. You're cursed. An exorcist. We need to have an exorcism at MetLife Stadium. Okay? You're going to see heads spin around. You're going to see people flying across the 50-yard line. you got to get whatever Satan is doing. He's doing it at MetLife. 
Get him out. Get the Jesuits in there. Have an exorcism. You know, you he, get it over. he was there all weekend because uh, he, the Giants lost by 40, and then Rodgers got hurt the next night. Yeah. I know. I, mean, I, I, that, I don't use the word shocking very much. I mean, I use it when you put Andrew Napolitano on the air. I go, that's shocking. Why would he use Napolitano? But I don't use it very much. He said he loves you. <laughs> I'm giving him a little jazz. He's sitting up there on his farm in New Jersey looking at goats. I mean, come on. Um, anyway, uh, I'm watching the, the, the game, and all of a sudden, Aaron Rodgers sits down on the field, right? He didn't get hit hard, all right? And the replay didn't show that he twisted his uh, foot or anything like that, and he sits down on the field. And I'm going, uh-oh. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, and what can you say? I, I feel terrible for Woody Johnson. Uh, he's tried to do everything he can possibly do to get that team uh, into the playoffs, and then four snaps into the season, you lose your $40 million quarterback. I mean, it's just insane. It is. It's, it's, but there's nothing anybody can do about it. No. They go, oh, we need grass fields. We need... Okay, let's see the stats on it. You know, I don't, I'm not opposed to grass fields. When I played college football at Marist, I mean, we had a grass field up there, but guys are getting wiped out on the grass field. Uh, it's uh, a this, violent game. This is why I don't miss sports talk radio. Uh, arguments like grass fields, oh, and I mean, please right. give me a break. But I'll tell you this, I was there the night before, Bill, with the Giant game, and it was raining, and me and my kids are sitting out there, and it was uh, September 10th, obviously, and before the game, they had a group of uh, New Jersey firefighters and cops unfurl this American flag that covered the whole field. It was gorgeous. And then of all people, of all people, Queen Latifah, came out and sang the national anthem. And I know how she feels about the cops, and she's a real, real hard liberal. But I got to tell you, next to Whitney Houston, it may have been the second-best rendition I've ever heard. I Fabulous. said it, it was great. I wrote a message of the day on BillOReilly.com yesterday about it. Fabulous. Right? Wasn't that um, great? Beyonce did the best national anthem at a Super Bowl I've ever seen. No, no, this not was, better than Whitney Houston? Yeah, it was it was. Wow. Unbelievable. Wow. And the uh, Carolina versus New England game uh, down in Texas. But Queen Latifah gave it not only a tremendous um, a tremendous uh, voice to it, but her body language. Yes, yes. All right. right. And then when Aaron Rodgers ran out on the field with the American flag. Oh, that was I mean, so good. I know. Yeah. I know. I so anyway, I mean, look, it's life. Disasters hit everybody. Um, you know, that's the only takeaway from this Aaron Rodgers thing is that we we hope he comes back. He's obviously going to be in the Hall of Fame. I was at the Joe Namath um, benefit last night uh, for brain injuries. Uh, he's got a foundation. And Joe Namath is one of the best guys ever. Um, and I was there with a bunch of uh, former NFLers, and everybody. There's nothing really you can say about it. No, you know, no. it's just like a plane crash or, or something like that, where people are just suddenly wiped out off the face of the earth. There's no reason for it. No one to blame for it. It's just you know a tragic occurrence. In life. Right. That's it. Right. It's not right. grass field. It's not that he wasn't vaccinated. I mean, the right. nonsense. But I will. You know, you say that everybody gets hit with tragedy. And yep. uh, talking everybody. about, yes, everybody does, but talking about 9-11 and, and, uh, and Queen Latifah, it seems, Bill, that no one gets hit with more tragedy, and this guy has suffered tragedy. Let's be serious for a second. He lost his wife and his baby daughter. That's not funny. That was awful. But this guy, 
This guy, Joe Biden, between a kitchen fire in Maui, his son dying in Iraq, the Pittsburgh thing he witnessed, and then he goes out and says, I was at Ground Zero September oh 12th. I mean, of all the lies, Bill, was that not the worst? It wasn't a lie because the man does not know what he is saying. You don't think so? You don't think he's a lying creep? No. Okay, I do. I don't think he knows what he's saying, which is a thousand times worse than being a liar because he's running the country. He doesn't know what he's saying or doing. And I don't know how much evidence you need to accept that as a reality because you don't get in front of military people on 9-11 and say you were in New York City Ground Zero on 9-12 when you were not. What if you're a pathological liar? But why would you do that when you know you're going to get facts? Because he's a creep. He's a creep. Nah, he doesn't care. I, I think that's too simplistic. Okay. Um, I don't believe the man knows. He's not cognizant of what he is saying. And therefore, MSNBC should hire him immediately. <laughs> you just nailed it. That's it. We have to go to break. I mean, that is that is the way radio is done. That's the best line of the day by a mile. Bang. There All it right. is. Huntington Theater, <laughs> O'Reilly, and Rosenberg. Come on. Bill, Only that was tickets left. Another few get left. Them. All right. So where do you go to get those again? Ticketmaster, BillOReilly.com, Paramount Theater. Bang. We'll see you in October. Amazing appearance, Bill. Really just absolutely tremendous. I love you. Thank you so much. All right. So thanks for having me. See you next time. MSNBC should hire him right away. Bill O'Reilly, the best ever, folks. Check him out at BillOReilly.com. Google Down. Name. Hour number four. Coming up. Come on. In the morning, 77 WABC. Come on out tonight, Thursday night, 7 o'clock, for the Topple the Tent Rally, the entrance to Floyd Bennett Field, where they want to house the illegal aliens right before you hit the Gil Hodges Bridge. Sid Rosenberg, host Julie Curtis Lee, will be hosting this event. Be there to stop the tents, stop the migrants.
This is uh, Leonard Skinner, but there's a story. It's a great song. I love Leonard Skinner. But little girl, what's your name? There's a story behind this song that the little Rufino's about to share with us. Lou, what is that? Um, well, the one of the members. It's his birthday today. Not, not Leonard. <laughs> no, John Skinner. Steve Gaines, one of the guitarists. Uh, it's his birthday, but he's. Uh, not around anymore. He died. He got killed in a plane crash. He was in the plane crash. Wow. He was 28. What, what year was that plane crash? It uh, was 77. 77. You know, Lou Ruffino, folks, this morning gave me a 10-year commitment. I'm, I'm excited to I, announce I, it. I, I didn't sign anything yet. Well, you're going to. I'm going to have John Katz. I'm going to have Emily Pankow come down with a uh, official uh, contract. Uh, well, that might do it. It's huh? not to WABC. It's to me. Yes. Maybe well, Danielle will do yeah, it. Yeah, Danielle has to. Danielle will do the contract. Sign up. So right. Great. Lou has committed to 10 years. To work with me. Okay. That'll be fun. Hey, have fun, guys. No, I mean, Lord, but obviously if you die, then, you, you know, the contract. Yeah, um, you, got, right. you guys have fun with that. Right. Is yeah. that gonna, that's going to be one of the stipulations? Of well, that's, that's the only way it won't work. It won't work. You, don't, you don't have any other issues. You're not an alcoholic or a, uh, <laughs> you know, you're not going to be in rehab or jail or anything like that. You, never you say just never. die. Of, well, that's true. You're right. You do drink a way, way too much, but you're lucky because you're Irish. <laughs> oh, thanks, Dad. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. We've got a big disappoint. rally coming up tonight at Floyd Bennett Field. You just heard Curtis talking about it. They're calling it the Top of the Tent Rally. It'll be our third rally together, but the second, that's ours. We went to one rally that Assemblywoman Jamie Williams. She'll be there tonight. She put it on on the parking lot, Toys R Us, Flappish Avenue, all over the same uh, crisis, which is illegal showing up at Floyd Bennett Field, which uh, we're not happy about. So uh, we did one at the site we're going to be at tonight, weeks ago. It was a Tuesday night, and it was a huge, massive turnout. And we expect tonight will be the same, 7 o'clock, right there, the field, right when you cross over the Gil Hodges Bridge, Curtis Sliwa, Sid Rosenberg, Jamie Williams, and I encourage these other politicians, Joanne Ariola and, uh, you know, Jen Ramkachar, all these other folks to show up, even though they're not going to be speaking tonight. This is not a political rally. This is just the folks, the folks that live there, pay taxes, kids go to school. Not a political rally, but we do encourage them to come because we want their support, bipartisan support. This is not about Republicans or Democrats, and we're not blaming the illegals. We're not blaming the migrants. We are blaming Joe Biden, Kathy Hochul, Eric Adams, all of them, and a host of others. So hopefully we'll see you tonight. Talking about rallies, a couple of days ago there was one outside of CUNY. I had Dove Heikendon live from Dublin, Ireland. It was the End Jew Hatred Rally. Dove couldn't be there, but my next guest, who's become a very, very big voice for the Jewish community, and uh, the reason why is unfortunate, because he was attacked in a very ugly anti-Semitic crime. Joey Borgen, Joey back on uh, Sid and Friends in the morning. Joey, good morning, buddy. How are you? I'm doing well, Sid. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure, and I appreciate you know, the opportunity to speak out. And, you know, you're always doing the good work, so I really, really appreciate it. No, I appreciate you because we had this discussion a couple of days ago with Dove that, you know, when I was growing up, how old are you, Joey? I'm 31. Oh, you're, always, you're, you're, you're a baby. My entire life. You're a baby. I know. I know you have been. But life. when I was a kid, I got 26 years on you almost. So when I was a kid, the JDL, right, if if some – I went to Yeshiva. I went to two. Ocean Primary Day School in Canarsie and then Solomon Schechter for high school. If I'm walking home on King's Highway 
and a bunch of black kids walk up to me and kick my ass, I can promise you the JDL is out there the next day, even the ADL, but the JDL the next day looking to kick some ass. And it's not like that anymore. I mean, one of the issues is, is we don't fight back, Joey. Why not? I'll be honest with you. Obviously, nowadays, things are different with social media and the immediate reaction to what will take place. For example, I mean, just take a look at my incident, for example. 30 years ago, a video is not going viral and causing a huge stir, right? So, I mean, I think people need to be more careful and more diligent with their actions. And I think that kind of alludes to something we spoke about previously with, you know, the lack of uh, action and the lack of reaction to what's taking place by the politicians, especially on the left here in New York State. Tell me about uh, the politicians. I know that you had some very, very choice words for uh, Jerry Nadler specifically um, yeah, after we talked. Um, for, yeah, 100%. I mean, for, right off the bat, I'm a, I'm a constituent of Jerry Nadler on the Upper East Side. Um, I mean, the, the man doesn't have an office in his district. You have to go down downtown. Even if you want to go downtown to Varick Street just to meet him, you have to set up a meeting, and that's not happening because the guy doesn't do anything. That's point A. Point B is this. My father spoke out against him um, at a Jim Jordan hearing probably a few months ago. I'm not exactly sure when. And rather, you know, than use that as, you know, as a motivation to kind of, you know, change your ways or maybe do something about the current status quo, Jerry Nadler has chosen to ghost me, box me out, block my number, won't speak to me. So, I mean, I don't know, you know, objectively speaking, that's the most cowardly thing I've ever heard in my entire life, the most pathetic thing i ever heard. Um, yeah, but if you're going to block people's numbers, block constituents' numbers, and then not work with them because of what someone else said about them, I don't really know if you're fit for, for office, to be honest. There's a guy I know. His name is um, Jeff Lax, and uh, he's been trying to get on this show for a while. I'll put him on at some point, you know, but uh, the guy, they, they get nuts. But he, he's a good guy, and uh, he works yeah. with the CUNY system, Kingsborough. In fact, at one point, Jeff Lax recommended to the folks at Kingsborough that I speak at the commencement address because – I am the, by far and away, far and away, the most famous graduate I'd, I'd, ever. I'd rather you speak than for Timmy Muhammad, who's a right. man who speaks out of terrorist organization meetings. Right, you know? exactly. So, well, yeah. Right. So I'm the most yeah. famous Kingsborough graduate ever. It's not even close. And um, and I do admit I went there. I'm not embarrassed. Got my associate's degree before I went on to get yeah, a four-year really degree. Before, yeah. Right. And and they said no. And Jeff Lacks contends, and he may be right, that the reason they said no to me at Kingsborough is because my last name is Rosenberg, and they're anti-Semites. I'm not sure if that's true, but based upon what, uh, Joey, you've been uh, seeing and doing the last couple of years, maybe Jeff Lax is right. I mean, maybe he is because we've been fighting back against them, and the only thing that's really taking place is, is you know, they're investigating Jewish professors rather than taking action against what we And what are they today. investigating Jewish professors about? I, I mean, I couldn't tell you, but, you know, maybe maybe you should ask Mark Lamont, you know, the guy who got fired from CNN from being too liberal, too liberal, yet he's able to be, you know, employed by CUNY. I don't know. This guy, this is someone who was fired from CNN, you know, who, you know, between me and you, we both know is not the biggest fan of Israel, running his mouth about Israel. Yet, you know, come to the CUNY system. We'll, we'll give you a job. We'll take care of you. No problem. It is what it is. That's New York nowadays. That's New York. Governor Hockel, the Governor Hockel's office, I let them know about the problem. They want nothing to do with it. Jerry Nadler, no, nothing to do with it. I mean, it's just, it's a complete lack of yeah. accountability and lack of doing anything these days for these politicians on the left here in New York. And it really needs to stop because, you know, nothing is getting done here. I mean, you look at the migrant crisis, they're just pointing fingers at each other, just to give you an example. I mean, Adam's pointing fingers at Hawk, Hawk is pointing fingers at Adam. I mean, no, 
no, nothing gets done here. It's really just, it's so sad. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I like dealing with children. I don't understand it. I really don't. Well, you mentioned uh, Adams, Joey, and, and here's where I stand up for Eric, because I do think Eric cares. I do. I think he cares. Uh, he goes about it stupidly, going to Greece, going to Tel Aviv. I mean, he's a lame duck, honestly, because he can say whatever he wants, but if Governor Hockle's not going to play ball, and I can tell you for a fact, I've spoken to people in Governor Hockle's office. Right. They, they're, they're, just, they're just idiots. They're delusional. They don't care. No, you're right about that. You're right. Office, right. right. They don't care. People, right. None of these people care because there's no challenge. There's no, there's no threat to their current position. They know that they're on the left. They can run and just get by and whatever, and then... You know, until that changes, it really, you know, these people have no motivation to act, and it's sad. It really is sad. But are you are you angry with the mayor or more frustrated because you just mentioned the truth, which is Hochul's not going to help him, Nato's not going to help him. He cares, but he hasn't done much no, to I, solve I, it. I think he cares. I've heard him speak many times in person. I think he does care, yeah. and I think, you know, he really wants to make change, but he's hamstrung by the current system. Yeah, I agree with that. So well, you would see when I was a kid, I was a, a Brooklyn Democrat. All the Jews in Brooklyn were Democrats. Now I hate that party with a venom. I mean, I hate it when somebody says I'm a Democrat. My own wife, who I love dearly, she calls herself a Democrat. I want to jump out the building. Are you a guy that went from Democrat to Republican? I'll be honest with you. I don't really have any party affiliation. Uh, I mean, just to give you an example, I spoke at the White House for Biden, and I was I've spoken out for the right. So I mean, in my opinion, you know. Gun to my head, I'd probably lean right. But at the same time, anyone is willing to help us out. And, you know, unfortunately, in, the le- in, in New York, we need the left to help us out because that's really who gets Yeah, but forget done. about New York. Well, let me take oh. it to D.C. I mean, Joey, you're, you yeah. know what Donald Trump did, moving the embassy to Jerusalem, recognizing the Golan Heights as part of Israel, stopping those overnight cash deposits to Hamas and the Palestinians, which is what Obama and Biden do. So why you would speak for Biden, why you would give and this, and forget about that. What about AOC? What about Omar? What about Talib? This is a party that is infested with anti-Semites and the White House. I got news for you. They don't like him in Israel. So you say you don't really have a part of that. Unfortunately, you're right about that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's really just a a difficult climate nowadays because, I mean, you know, it really seems like we have no support, uh, you know, and we're trying to do what we can, trying to fight, trying to do, you know, trying to make change. But unfortunately, you're right. You know, we don't really have that much support, whether it's New York, you know, federal government, whatever you want to call it. We really are lacking for support. And, uh, you know. I wish that would change. I wish we could, you know, affect the situation and make, you know, improve it for all of us, myself, you, your kids, whoever it is. But sadly, until, you know, people are really, you know, head start to roll, I don't think anything's really going to happen. Well, let me end end the conversation here, Joey. And uh, Joey, again, Joey Borgen was attacked at one point, beaten pretty severely. Now, thank God he's out there, goes to all these rallies and speaks on my people's behalf. Tomorrow starts the most religious period for Jewish people, the New Year, Rosh Hashanah, uh, just a day and a half away now. And then, of course, you're going to Yom Kippur and Sukkot and all this. And um, I don't know about you, but I've got friends who walk to shul because they're religious. They don't drive. They walk to shul, and they are nervous, even in some of the finest neighborhoods, even Great Neck. They walk to shul that, that, you know, a bunch of kids are going to run up on them and kick their asses. Well, what do you want to see from the city, from the state, to ensure that Jewish people can start the new year tomorrow going to shul and getting home safely? One of the things that I really set out to do initially that I've kind of, unfortunately, kind of really given up and put on the back burner was making making changes and improving the bail system as it relates to hate crimes. For example, someone in my case said they would do it again. This guy Watson said he would do it again. 
He's running his mouth. You know, the next day, let him out on bail for, for nothing, minimal bail. In situations like this, for example, my situation, other situations involving hate crimes, whether it's me, someone who's African-American, someone who's Asian, someone who's Islamic, anybody who's targeted for their background, their demographic, whatever you want to call it, um, those people should be those. Those people who attack those, you know, people who attack people for that reason should be held in a different, you know, a different class, in my opinion. They should be given no bail, no deals, nothing like that under the sun. But you know what? You go to Manhattan DA, Alvin Bragg, you go to any of these people, they're willing to give these people the benefit of the doubt every single freaking time, even though they're going to reoffend, reoffend, reoffend. Until we, as New York or as a country, whatever you want to call it, really deal with crime in a manner that, you know. Encourage discourages people from re, you know reoffending and everything like that. I don't think anything's going to change. I mean, you look around New York; people are literally out of the jail, you know, the same day, doing the same crime over yep. and over again. So, yep. Yep. I mean, when that's you know the, the foundation for our system here in New York, would anyone? Why would anyone change their behavior? There's no, there's no consequences. Whether it's the governor, whether it's the governor, whether it's politicians, whether it's criminals, there's no there's no accountability across the board here. It's a joke. Hard to argue anything you just said, unfortunately. Well, I do want to wish you and your family uh, a happy new year, a sweet year. And, um, you know, just uh, keep fighting, you and everybody out there for the Jewish people. Uh, keep fighting because we need those voices. And you're an important one, Joey Borgen. Thank you so much. Thanks, Sid. You too. Have a great holiday. This is the best of your family. I appreciate it. Same thing to you, Lashana Tova, to, uh, to all you guys out there, all you guys that uh, continue to fight on a daily basis. It's worth the fight, man. This Jewish people have been uh, through a lot for a long time. You know, we hear about slavery every day of the week. And don't get me wrong, I'm not minimizing what happened there. That was awful. It was awful. Awful. But, you know, how many years have the Jews been persecuted, dating back thousands? And the Holocaust wasn't even that long ago. Less than 100 years, the 6 million Jews were exterminated. God forbid somebody mentions that in a school here in New York. They don't want to talk about that, no. That's not important. Jewish people deserve better. But part of the problem is, and I'll say it again, is that the Jewish people don't do a good job defending themselves. You know, people confuse it. Uh, Never forget was not the saying after World War II. Never forget was 9-11. Never again was what we said after the Holocaust. Well, mean it mean it go out there and fight it's not okay to knock a yarmulke off somebody's head it's not okay to grab at somebody's tits it's not okay to spit on a person walking to shul it's not okay i don't want to see people get hurt i don't want to encourage violence but if you get sucker punched and get knocked out that's one thing but if you're if, if you're alert and, and you're conscious Turn around and beat the living daylights out of that son of a bitch. Try. Get your ass kicked, but at least try. I mean it. Anyway, Happy New Year. Back after this. What's your name? Blue girl, what's your name? Radio 77. W-A-B-C. Sit in friends in the morning. 77 W-A-B-C.
like the wind through my tree. She rides the night next to me. She leads me through moonlight, only to burn me with the sun. She's taking my heart. She doesn't know what she's done. Feel the breath in my face. Her body close to me. Can't look in her eyes. She's out of my league. Just a fool to believe I have anything she needs. She's like the wind. Ah, the late, great Patrick Swayze. Is this a heavenly birthday today or his actual birthday? It's heavenly birthday, baby. He died today? Yeah, 50, at 57. That was horrible. One of the most um, horrible deaths um, that we've seen in, in Hollywood in a long time. Way too young. Great, you know, just a great-looking guy, great shape. It's a while ago now, 2009. Oh, yeah. He's dead 15 years almost. Wow. Wow. Next year, it's going to be 15 years. Isn't that crazy? You don't know how it is, baby. One week, I've got $100 bills coming out of my pocket. The next weekend, I'm eating juju bees. What movie was that? That wasn't Dancing in the Dark. It wasn't Dancing in the Dark. It was called Dirty Dancing. <laughs> Dancing in the Dark. Oh, uh, Dirty Dancing, right. <laughs> yeah, that was it. You... Was it Dirty? What part was that? Was with... Was when he, you know, the wife was oh, yeah, yeah, sticking, yeah, yeah, some yeah, of the yeah, wives yeah. would stick money in his pocket. Yeah. And then he says, you don't know how it is, weekend to weekend, and I could be out of here. And he, he's just, that's how he lived. He was describing his way he was living. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do remember that now that you mention it, yeah. Well, Patrick Swayze. Terrible, right? What he died from, uh, what cancer was that? Pancreatic. Pancreatic. This is, uh, this month, of course, is prostate Cancer Awareness Month, and Bernard died from that, of course. You know, Bernard, I mean, in all fairness to Bernie, God rest his soul, we miss him every day. He, you know, he uh, his cancer metastasized to the point it hit his brain. It was everywhere. So, um, started in his prostate, but he was he was full of it by the time we lost him. Patrick Swayze. Here on Sid and Friends of the Morning. Been a uh, really great show. Joey Borgen, Bill O'Reilly, Jack Chitterelli, Judge Andrew Napolitano, Curtis Sliwa. Just an amazing show. And uh, talking about Curtis, that does set us up for this big night tonight. You can play this uh, now. Sure, Curtis will play this a couple of times this afternoon. Folks, what are you doing tonight? How many plans? Try this. Come on out tonight, Thursday night, 7 o'clock, for the Topple the Tent Rally, the entrance to Floyd Bennett Field, where they want to house the illegal aliens right before you hit the Gil Hodges Bridge. Sid Rosenberg, yours truly, Curtis Lee, will be hosting this event. Be there to stop the tents, stop the migrants. So our friend Jen uh, Rajkumar, who was on this show yesterday, I like her. She's a Democrat. I get it. But I really like her. She's smart. She's willing to listen. 
and she's not rigid in her way. Smart, an attorney. So she was on with Rosanna Scotto this morning on Channel 5, so she's becoming a big star. She says, uh, quote, after my, de- by, uh, after my big debut with you, I'm on a roll. That's how it starts. You know, you do the Sid Rosenberg show, and then you end up every place else. And what's great about Jen being on that show is I can't go on that show. <laughs> I told you I had this conversation with uh, Briella Tomasetti. She's one of Rosanna's, I guess, reporters. Great girl. And uh, she asked me why I'm never on it, so I, I, I'm, I'm allowed. <laughs> I'm allowed on. You know, that reminds me of the story just, uh, what, three weeks ago when I spent that one day filming. It's a micro-budget film. Calm down, actors out there. Don't get crazy. But it almost didn't happen. I was hired. I was ready to go. Working with some very, very prominent actors. And it turned out that one of the important people on the set hates me. And I mean hates me. <laughs> and said to the uh, one of the people in charge, doesn't matter, that, uh, well, he can't come. And if he comes, they're just going to basically shut the whole thing down. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of power. You, you remember that? I, yeah? Yeah. No, this person was, was one of the more important people on the set. So this guy reached out to me, and, and uh, he's a sweet guy, talented kid. And I said, don't worry about it. I, I don't need to do this. I don't care. You know, radio is still my, my real job and my passion. I do the acting stuff on the side for fun. If I make a couple of bucks, great. No big deal. I've already had two great roles this summer. As we speak, Gravesend on Amazon Prime and the movie Inside Man on Amazon Prime are still doing well. I, I don't care. It's fine. So I, I, I don't want to work with people who don't like me. I, you know, we're supposed to, they're supposed to be the party of tolerance. And I couldn't give a right to ask who she likes or doesn't like. I'm just going to do a movie. So I don't want to come. Well, when the rest of the cast found out that this happened, starting with Peter Gordio, my dear friend from Gravesend, they quit. Said, no, I'm done. If Sid's not here, I'm done. One by one. And then I got that call, you know. Well, (laughs) after after further review, can we please get you back? That's a great call, man. That is a great. You want to talk about an erection? Hold on. Oh, that's a great. And then I get to do this. I don't know. Yeah. Let me think about it. Of course. Oh, that's the best. Remember? I knew right away when he called me I was going to do it. Are you nuts? But I loved it. I don't know. Remember. Let me one, think about it. One side always has the hammer. <laughs> Is that Francesca? That's, he always said me, that. Yeah. If, if they cool. have it, they'll yeah. use it. Right. When you have it, yeah. you use it. Listen, I kind of got that call from Chernoff. He fired me in 2005. It did not take him long for him to call me back and say, well, well now, fill in. That was a hasty to sit. You know, I have I'm under a couple of other <laughs> obligations. Now I can. Yeah. Let me now yeah. talk frankly. What's it's kind of like when, you, when you're fighting with your significant other and they admit they were wrong, which is very rare in most cases. <laughs> well, really? <laughs> I know. It never happens. But if, if and when they do, it's like, is there any better feeling than that? Honestly, nothing. Yeah, well, I, I mean, with somebody else, I mean, yeah, I, mine was with Imus. Imus never will top that. What, what did Imus ever call you and apologize? Or? I called and and then reconsidered. 
Well, right. I, never, I told you that story. Oh, yes, yes. He was he he reneged on yeah. the original amount of money. Right, right. He was going to right. give me. But then he, he did because it. he wasn't going to bring Bernard back. Right. Which and you talk about uh, that phone call yeah. when he calls Bernard and says you're not coming back, and then yeah. Roger Ailes right, and Bo Deedle. Wow. Roger Ailes and Bo Deedle make sure that Bernie comes back. How about that phone call to Bernie? Oh, uh, same, I'll tell you what. Talking about Amos. When he um, suspended me and then fired me after the Venus and Serena Williams comments. And then I put on Howard Stern the next day. And Howard's like, let me tell you something. I don't know who this guy Sid Rosenberg is. But first of all, what he said was funny. (laughs) (laughs) And second of all, of all people, of all people, Don Imus is worrying about race. Yeah. And then he wasn't the only one. Opie and Anthony and even Rush Limbaugh, they don't know who the hell I was. They all defended me. And when I got that call from Kara Dugan in my apartment naked in Riverdale, Bronx. Yeah, and then you hear Kara's voice. You went, oh, I'm glad I'm naked. Oh, <laughs> oh, hold on a second. <laughs> you <laughs> love Kara. <laughs> Not as much as you did. Oh, I she, mean, she, go, <laughs> nice yeah, girl, Kara Dugan. She was a great person. She was great. But I, he had to call after. So yeah. he then found out that I said no. He, he then re- reduced what my salary was going to be. Oh, in he the made contract. it lower. Oh, yeah. He said, <laughs> he said, I'll pay you this. Then a week later, it showed up in the contract much less. That's funny. He's like, well, I don't, maybe I can't pay you that much because uh-huh. Bernie's coming back now, you know that. Uh, and then I didn't sign it. And then he called me in the office and said, what are you, what, what, you haven't signed. We're going on the air in four days. I went, yeah, I know. Well, wait, blah, blah, blah. he was getting really nervous. And he said, well, you, you you said you would sign. I went, well, that's now you took the money away. Well, what, what, what does that mean? You're not going to. I went, no, not going to work for that amount. Wow. I'm here. You put the gun to Imus' head? I said, I'm not, well, I'm not going for that because I know. I knew when we left, I was going to have to do the work to get us all set up over there. Of course. And I was not going to be standing on a train platform regretting that decision. Right. Because I knew all of the screaming that would go on. Oh, and guess what? It happened. Yeah. Oh, you're and right. I it, and I never, for you. I never regretted doing it. So he hung up on me. And I went out in the newsroom. I went, I guess I'm staying. I guess I'm not going. He, he just hung up. He's like, so you won't do it for that? No. Click. Right. Under five minutes, and he called back. Not even five Are you greedy, son of a bitch? Take oh. it. You're happy now? Now you got it. Now go <laughs> F yourself. You. Well, it wasn't even that. He was very um, contrite, I guess would be the word. <laughs> okay, yeah. let's try to figure this out. Yeah. He laughs when I picked up the money. <laughs> all right, so. Uh, <laughs> all right, well, the vacation, will, I'll put the vacation in. Don't worry, because that no. was all taken well, away. Yeah, I uh, know. What amount will you work for start with? You know, uh, yeah. Okay, <laughs> yeah. I'll get the, I'll get it done. Bye. And then was it, it was over. Yeah, once he I, called back. You knew we had, had him. I had, well, I had the same thing. I was in the park in, um, in, I was living at the time in Hanover Square. My kid was going to some horrible public school in lower Manhattan. I remember I was in the park one day, and I called him, and I said, listen, I'm, uh, I can't do this for $80,000. I can't do it. Well, that's what Warner makes. I go, I don't care about Warner. I have a full set of teeth, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm 48, not not 100. God. I'm not playing pickleball. What are you, yet. nuts? Warner. Are you crazy? What is it, was it, 20, what is it 1981? God, Warner. Warner. Yeah. I said, uh, you got to figure this out because I'm just not going to do it. And he said, well, you know, you are some son of a bitch, and you know, you were down there in Florida, and, 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 and the I man brought you back. I go, no, 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 no. I swear to God. I go, I miss, you didn't bring me back. You wanted Lupica. 
That's a good one. He goes, oh, you got me there. But (laughs) what do you want? What do you want exactly? And they gave a number, you know. I said, I'm not going to pay you that. I said, okay, then somebody else will. I said, just make sure you call Warner. This is true. My wife was sitting right there. Make sure you call Warner because he has to to come in tomorrow. And he's like, you know who you're talking to, right? I go. (laughs) See, he tries that. That's what he always tries. Mr. Imacy, I'm in. I got to go. He actually did say, I got to go. He didn't just say, he goes, I got to go, click. I got to go, that's one of his techniques, too. Yeah. Then he came back also like 10 minutes later, because the next day I had to be at work, and not only did he give me what I wanted, he gave me an extra 20000 Right. So It, it was still need. a crappy, it was still a, a crap, it was an insulting, crappy deal, but I got what I wanted plus 20 Gs, which, come on. Good. So it's the same thing. He did Good. the same thing every time, because the truth is, he was a pussy, and he knew that he couldn't do the show by himself, as great as he was. He needed us. The show was only great because of everybody else. You, McCord, me, Bernie, Rob, Larry, Breen. This guy had more guys on his show than anybody in the history of radio and TV combined. I will say, though, not many of them stood up to him. No, oh, I know that. No, they yeah. just didn't. Yeah. But I didn't care. I'm, I have this job. I'm yeah. fine at F.A. Pat McEnroe stood up to him. <laughs> I stood up and left. <laughs> he just left. Talk Radio 77 WABC. All right, great. So, good song. Going to save this for tomorrow. Phil Collins. Conversation with Joey Borgen was brought to you by Pete Morgan and Peerless Borders. Check them out today. PeerlessBorders.com. PavilionTankless.com. They do build the world's best borders. Justin's go to the Eagles-Vikings game tonight. He's out tomorrow. Macedonia filled with a brand-new, really nasty tattoo. I almost suspended him for it. It's so gross. God, he's so (laughs) grotesque. Oh, and he's got some, like, moisturizer on it. It's, like, leaking. It looks stupid. I mean, God, when he's 60 years old, he's going to look like a a map. (laughs) I'm a dumb dumb bastard. You have four hours to do this tomorrow. You have a whole four hours to make fun of him. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right, we got to go. Lou Rufino, (laughs) Justin Ellick, Noam Layden, Flippin' and Macedonia, Philip. Back tomorrow at 6. Until then, peace!